This is Matt Allison, author and artist of Kankor. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Oh boy. I feel like we're in the deep water. Tucks on and everything. I got the t shirt with the tie on it. Like That's the, right. Yeah. Like, like Baby Jesus. Yep. Cumberbund. Just like Baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never listening to this show again. Oh goodness. Hey everybody. Buckle up. Because it's 11 o'clock comics, episode 779. It's the Klaskers, y'all, for 2021. And I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. You're my favorite award. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are. You both look marvelous because I'm Billy Crystal. Okay. Uh... Getting up on that horse all by yourself. Why are you Billy Crystal? Probably just watch one hair myself. Because I'm hosting the, an award show tonight. Oh, oh see, I, I went way back. Holy no, shit. It's like, yeah. been like 18 hosts since then, but okay. Well, see, I've already I, been Ricky. I was Ricky Jerry. I've been, you know, I've been other hosts. I had to, I had to go back into the well. See, I had a name planned out for you. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll just drop it later. Okay. But, but no, you're not. You're not Billy Crystal. You're Jason Wood, everybody. I think I heard another voice in the mix. Jason, who's with us tonight? Well, we teased that we were going to have a, 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 a fourth a fourth chair. You know, it's become I guess I guess it's fair to call it a, tra- a tradition now, right? Uh, it's been yes. like what four four? I think this is the fourth year that we've that we've had uh, someone sit in with us for our eleven o'clockers, and it's become a nice tradition that we have uh, a friend of the show, a great member of the EOC community. And uh, and it was high time and a very easy uh, ask to uh, have on a, a person who uh, I think, you know, it's and I don't want to speak for you, too, but I think it's fair to say he is one of the key glues that hold the community together. He is uh, he is always keeping everybody connected in the best ways. And it is a longtime friend and listener and community member, Mr. Brian Newberry. Yay. What's up, guys? What's up, man? Welcome aboard. Thank you. You're making me blush a little bit. Building yes, me sir. up for like weeks. People are anticipating it. And now they're like, oh, it's this guy. Oh, it's Brian. <laughs> you are the, the glue. It's true. Yeah. You can't make, you can't, I can't make you blush any more than you made us blush talking about your, uh, your head, uh, <laughs> tattoos earlier today. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, uh, that conversation went a whole different way than I expected. Mm hmm. So, and if you want some comic book glue, there's only one place to go, and I don't know what that means, but it sounded good. Uh, discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. Uh, the list of specials are is massive, but uh, I've plucked three from IDW. It's Godzilla versus Power Rangers, one of five, Freddie Williams and Cullen Bond driving the bus in spectacular fashion. It's three ninety nine cover price. No siree, you're going to pay $1.99. From Image, ZVRC, Zombies vs. Robots Classic, number one of four. Ashley Wood, 
Chris Real is uh, $3.99 cover price. And Tiny Bone to pick with Image if you're going to reprint uh, Zombies vs. Robots and you publish it with a self-cover. Not good. If you know your Zombies vs. Robots history, they are always published on heavy cardstock covers. Real upscale presentation. Doesn't sound like this is going to be that, but whatever. Um, you can have it for $1.99. That's 50% off. And last, but certainly not least, the thing to get, in my uh, opinion, from the entire previous catalog is the Witch's Complete Collection Omnibus Graphic Novel by Daisuke Igarashi. It's coming out from Seven Seas, uh, I believe. Yeah, Seven Seas. And it's a $20 cover price, but you're going to take it home for $13.99. That's crazy. Go to, just go to dcbservice.com. Not going to belabor the point. We got business to attend to. Love it. Yeah. Well, more before we get to the the awards, because as you alluded, it does take it is going to be a long one. So strap in, folks. Um, I got to ask you, Vince. I know you can't be going the water route on the Oscars night. <laughs> so what is you drinking? I am not. I am drinking from Sierra Nevada. This is called Torpedo, which I hope does not apply to the rest of the show. Uh, it's an extra IPA. Uh, it's pretty good. It's not spectacular. It's pretty good. But when I get to the, the fourth one, who cares what it tastes like? Yeah, you're right. Good point. That's right? true. true. Um, well, I, I, I'm not, I didn't disappoint. I got the, got the drink out tonight. Oh, thank God. So you know it's a special occasion. Got Brian here with us. Couldn't could not have a cocktail for, for that. So I am drinking from the uh, lovely land of Argentina, the Mendoza uh, region, for those who uh, care, want to triangulate. Marcello Pelleridi, signature Malbec, 2018 vintage. It's absolutely fantastic. Looks good. Highly recommend. Nice. And it's a value wine, too. It's like $20, and it's uh, got a 95 from James Suckling. It's delicious. <laughs> Suckling knows what's up, man. Yeah, Dude, with that name, he better. Suckling, suckling now. But uh, yeah, so a little mall back for that ass. Nice. Love it. Love Oof. It. What's our uh, what's our guest drinking? Well, I am a. I've got a uh, little brewery around the corner from me that I love. It's called Southern Grist, and I am drinking a double fruited peach strawberry raspberry sour. <laughs> so. Basically, something Jason would despise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, wow. my stomach is nuts just thinking about that. <laughs> oh my lord. Oh. Well, I um, I I didn't go with wine. I figured Vince was going to have beer. I don't know what told me that, that Vince was going to have beer, but I didn't think he was going to have wine. Um, and I, I should have had wine because this way would have teamed up nicely. But um, I am finishing off a delicious old-fashioned even though i probably should have had him in julep with brian on the show but i wasn't in the mood for it and uh once this is gone uh since it is the 11 o'clockers i took out uh my very favorite bottle of michter's unblended american whiskey which i will have a little bit of as the night goes on once this glass is empty nice well because the 11 o'clockers are all about the data (laughs) 
what we well not all of it but i mean a lot a good portion of it is about collating and 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 columnizing if that's a word the data i I kind of i don't think we do this so that we can promote and celebrate the books and creators we've loved over the year i think it's just because it gives jason a reason to whip out some spreadsheets well that's the thing so uh, what we are want to do if this is your first 11 o'clockers what we usually do is we hand it all over to jason but in this instance he's no longer jason wood he is the high evolutionary of excel I was well, going to I say the calculator, like but nobody would get that. It's the one time of year that we have to, that we can get Vince to actually use a spreadsheet. Yeah, and I hate it. I loathe it. But life should like not be. Have your in there, though. I do, but life should not be compartmentalized in these tiny little boxes. Mm. It, it's not right. Hey, I do want to call out what Jason just slipped in there, Vince. You were the first one to have your filled out this time. <laughs> I was. You, usually, yeah. you're filling it out as the show's happening. And and I did not waver. The answers I put in every column are the ones I'm going with. I didn't waffle on it. I didn't change any. The only one I changed was because I didn't know there was an import category. Right. So and I love your pick. Yeah. Well, I think it's the right choice. It but will but find let's. Out. Yeah, why don't you set this up? Tell them what what this is all about. Nice, yeah. So uh, this is for those uh, folks who may be new to the show and wondering what the hell this is all about. This is the 11 O'Closkers. It is our annual celebration of our favorite, uh, nay, best things from the year of comics that was. So obviously this being January 2022, we will be celebrating all of our favorites from... 2021 i.e year two of uh of, of post of, of post covid pc um we have had uh it's it, the format of the show has basically been the same over the years but the uh categories with which we talk about has evolved uh a few years ago we were up to like 30 plus categories we trimmed that back last year and basically kept last year's trim down version to this year but it's still a meaty 25 categories. Uh, and as uh, many of you listening uh, who warmed my hearts know, we uh, we have an online ballot that's uh, posted for a few months leading up to the show where you all can uh, provide your choices. And then we collate those results. And tonight we will be unveiling uh, each of our choices. So it'll be Vince, David, myself, plus Brian's own choice. And then... Uh, as we also do, we will share share with you the audience's top three picks, so like the medal stand uh, for each category. So because of the number of categories and because we're going to basically be giving seven picks per category, we do try and keep the um, like the exposition and the explanations to uh, you know a minimum. Uh, in early years of the O'Claskers, if you listened. We basically made it two episodes long because we would each talk about our runners up and and who we were trying to decide between. And, and while I'm sure it made for interesting uh, fodder for some to listen to, it definitely dragged out the whole thing. And by the time we got to the the end, the biggest categories of the year, uh, I felt like, you know, we kind of had lost our steam. So tight and right. We'll give you our picks. And, um, you know, we'll we'll certainly, uh, as with always, if you're on the Slack or the Facebook group or anywhere, we're always happy to expound upon upon our our thoughts more there or talk about the uh close calls or the the other things that maybe just missed out but uh tonight's all about business that that would be 
an interesting um, website or Patreon post. Yeah, we could, we could, I can definitely make that happen. Maybe I can. We'll we'll post a few different categories because we do break it down. We have we have yeah. uh, a cat. We have a list of of creator related. Um, picks we have a, a list of genre picks and then what we call general picks which include uh like comic related formats so your ogns your single issues and so forth and uh tonight we will culminate with our uh our basically our, our comic of the year um and our creator of the year those are the final two awards that we give out and you know again just one one reminder this is our favorites we can only pick what we read yeah. Um, you know, there are more comics coming out now in different forms than maybe ever, and it's awesome and we love it. And while we collectively read more comics than most people on the planet, uh, there's still, you know, we only read a fraction of the comics that come out. And just looking over all of the, uh, the, the, the hundreds of submissions we got from you all, it's just clear that many of you loved things that, that not, I'm pretty sure none of the three of us read, and I don't know if Brian read them, but we'll find out. But but so, you know, again, don't uh, if, if your favorite things aren't mentioned, it's not that we hate them. It's not that we we might not have even read them. So just and, uh, and you know, soldier on to and, and we'd like to emphasize that these are ours and the listeners favorites. We're not claiming anything is the maybe the best thing you read that year, but we're not trying to say that, that one thing is hands down because obviously we're all going to have different answers for some of our nominees, but it's it. The, we we're trying to just reinforce the fact that these are our favorites that we read in 2021. Yep, just a night to celebrate comics and to put a cap on the year. Um, you know, I do. I I will say that for for me, I kind of always use this too as like a little um, like like final thought on the on just the year that was of comics, just in terms of uh, an overall review of it and i thought this was an amazing year um i didn't think that some years we've done this there there are a lot of things where we just all agree or or we're very much in line with audience Uh, i think tonight we saw more breath from the audience and ourselves than we maybe have ever seen which is a great thing i think that just was that kind of year where um just just such a wide variety of things across genres and formats that uh it was awesome and i hope we i think that's part born out of the pandemic and new distribution models and new ways people can get their art into the, our hands and eyes. And I hope that that continues because all that means is there's that many more things that we didn't get a chance to read that we can read in future years. Nice. Some of that breath was still in 2020, but that's a different story. But uh, <laughs> just, oh, just, yeah. some of the answers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, just about saying that. I mean, obviously people are going to, I don't expect everyone's going to uh, pull up, uh, especially now that comic book DB is gone. Rest in peace. Poor one out for it. Um, boy, do I miss that site pretty much every day. Uh, you know, I, n- there's no doubt people um, sometimes think things came out in a year and they nominate it and it didn't. And we'll we'll mention that where appropriate. There's one particular category that um, when we get to, I will speak on that because uh, it it a, a 2020 pick would have likely won uh, the award if I had counted it. So I do my best to, you know, to remove the anything that isn't eligible from the the data, but uh, it's it's certainly possible to uh, to the things slip in, but but nothing Especially ever with, wins with, with collections. I mean, it's it, if if a mini series wrapped up um, in the fall of of uh, twenty twenty, 
and and the collection comes out right before 2021. But so and when because I I was going through books and I thought I had a couple of different things that I was going to put for my favorite import, but when I double checked the uh, the copyright and everything, they were all published in 2020. So obviously they weren't eligible. But it is it's very by the time I get them. And yes, by the time I read them, but still, by, you you get a box of stuff at, at the beginning of uh, at the beginning of January, and it was all shit that was published at the end of twenty twenty. It 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 can be a little confusing if you think back that far, but yeah, it's still things to. I mean, at least nobody's you know making the their favorite news item is uh, you know Ben signing with DC anymore. I'm glad we yeah, moved on beyond that. that. I'll yeah. tell y'all a little cheat I did was open up Comixology and pull up a series or an issue to see where the last one was published. That yeah, that's smart. probably a lot quicker to do than trying yep. to navigate comics.org. Yep. That's comics.org is terrible. Slow. So terrible. There were a couple that I was like, oh, this was December 2020 or mm-hmm. October. And, you know, I swore I read it this year. And I was like, well, knock that out. Yeah, and also for the for the listeners that don't know Brian, because maybe if not a part of our our social media groups, he is one of the uh, friends we have that probably, on average, reads more comics than we read in a year. Uh, <laughs> my man, I don't know how you do it, but you read a lot of comics, and so you are certainly more than well equipped to uh, weigh in here tonight. And an eclectic selection at that. Yeah, I'm uh, since COVID, I'm a little all over the place on my reading, which has been good. It's, yeah, uh, open my open my broaden my horizons nice well let's 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 get to it we've got yep. 25 categories let's do it and if you if you hear a giggle or a snicker during the proceedings <laughs> chances are really good that somebody's putting a dick joke in the excel spreadsheet <laughs> while someone else is reading <laughs> it, i mean it happens so well, get I, ready I, for the I, giggle I thought about saying a uh, warning that I work blue. Uh, yep. Anybody that knows me uh, is aware of that. So <laughs> Working blue is good. Like these nuts, stuff like that. So, All right, Jason, take it away, my man. All right, nice. So uh, up first is the category of favorite digital first or webcomic. Uh, and we had 45 different nominations. Like forty-five unique nominations, you know, meaning meaning at least one person voted for these for for each thing for this thing. Uh, in third place, with seven percent of the votes, was Clear, which is the Comicsology original digital comic that uh, is the one of the launch titles for Scott Snyder and his imprint over there, uh, and it's drawn by Francis Manipole. Uh, in second place, and much I'm sure to Vince's chagrin. <laughs> Uh, is, uh, well, Crisis Zone, Simon Hanselman's Crisis Zone with 9% of the vote. And as uh, as Vince is probably wanting to tell you, that shouldn't have actually been eligible because it came out in 2020. Yes. it end, No, it ended in 2020. Right. right. It, I'm sorry. Yes, it ended in 2020. March right? so, to December. But it did get 9% of the vote, so I had to include it in the list. Right. Text. That's good. Yeah. Uh, and then um, with 16%, which is a pretty big number for this category normally, uh, the the listener's choice for best – or I'm sorry, best – for favorite digital first or webcomic was Friday, uh, which is Ed Brubaker and Marcos Martin's wonderful uh, digital first uh, comic over at Panel Syndicate, which has just recently been released in trade for you uh, non-web reading heathens. Yes. So – 
so there you have it. So um, I am up first on this, and I also chose Friday. Uh, I, I will admit that I have, I think, gotten better um, at, at, at digital comics reading, but it's still not a huge chunk of my reading. But, uh, but Friday was fantastic, and uh, we've talked about it a lot on the show, so that was my choice. And I am up next, and I will tell y'all in advance, I am out in far left field on this one. This one is a pure Brian pick here, yeah. but I picked Giant Size Little Marvel's Infinity Comic. Um, late in the year, Marvel started doing the Infinity Comics again, but they're doing them in the webtoon format. And Scotty Young and Dax Gordine had a one of the launch um, comics, and... As Dap knows, I just love the 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 baby versions of the Marvel characters, and Scotty Young's humor is beyond up my alley. The only comics that literally make me laugh out loud. Uh, Vince, there were three issues where they were having uh, RPG game night, um, where Apocalypse was the dungeon master. Nice. And guess where they all ended up? The Age of Apocalypse. Wow, and I'm stunned. <laughs> and uh it was it, it was just funny uh the character's commentary on on how they looked and what was happening nice. and it just had me rolling so my pick nice uh yeah um Menage, no i had to go with uh with friday it was uh really one of the only um digital first stories that uh that I read this year that I, um, that I sort of kind of stuck with. Um, and, and yeah, and I mean, and, and I love that, uh, the double page spreads that, uh, that are in one of the chapters are going to look, um, look really nice in the collected edition. I saw the, the image preview and, um, it will translate nicely, uh, to print, but, uh, Friday, Friday is, Turning out to be a lot of fun. It wasn't what I was expecting, and and I'm uh, I'm definitely along for the ride. Well, as a rule, I don't do web comics. It, <laughs> I don't even think about it. But um, there was one that I followed, uh, the aforementioned Crisis Zone by Simon Hanselman on his Instagram, and since that ended in 2020, uh, I keep an eye on his Instagram just because he posts art and panels and all that great stuff. So I'm counting that as a digital first, right? It is. So Simon Hanselman's Instagram is my answer. I think that's more than allowable. I'm pretty sure one or two people in the uh, Comics Journal very lengthy best of uh, contributions they mentioned his Insta. So Yep, great stuff. Nice. So it looks like Yo, I'm up next, and yes, I sir. am blessed with the category of favorite color artist. Now, there were 31 different unique nominations for this. That's a lot of colorists, uh, but the listeners have spoken, and in third place, with 12% of the vote, it is Matt Lopez. This, to me, is Wow. Right out of the box. I mean, he's not, but hasn't been doing it for all that long. But props to him because he's very good. Second place with fifteen percent of the vote was Jacob Phillips. That's crazy. Good for Jacob. I agree. And uh, no surprise, first place 
18% of the vote, the man, Dave Stewart. Good stuff. Well, um, I took a very uh, different route for uh, favorite color artist uh, this time around. I I usually go with the the, uh, the standbys, but there was one guy last year who just turned my head because he has a very um, different approach to color theory, and he takes chances, uh, colors his own work, and it's Hayden Sherman from Chicken Devil. I love yeah. this this guy's color work. He's amazing. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to drop the C word, Corbin, but he has that mm. same devil may care approach to bumping colors together. Uh, very atypical. He takes a lot of risks, and they pay off all the time. So Hayden Sherman is my answer. Yeah, and I remember you citing his color work when you talked about uh, Chicken Devil on the show. So yep, uh, makes sense. Uh, I went with uh, an OG colorist who's been at it for a long time and I think is right up there with the best of the bunch. Uh, I know Dave Stewart seemingly gets all the accolades, but Matt Wilson is my pick. Uh, we've met Matt a few times. I think he's doing great work. Uh, I think like any good colorist who does uh, you know colors other people's work, it's I, I love to see a variety of palettes, and I think this year he showed that off with I mean, he colored King Conan and uh, Somni's Firepower and Somni's Jonah. Uh, he's coloring uh, Thor with with over Ribic. So I, I just think he's he's whatever. some of the mutant books too, right? Yep, yep, he yep, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I just I think I felt like I saw his name a ton in books I really enjoyed this year, and um, I don't remember if I've ever given him the nod before, but it just felt like a year that he certainly was uh, warranted the uh, the accolade. Well, I went with the audience with Dave Stewart and, you know, with Ultra Mega and Echo Lands alone, mm -hmm. that is mm -hmm. more than enough to, mm -hmm. to cinch that title for me. But I counted up. He was on 64 issues this year. Man was working hard. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, he's he's always the right pick. Like there's never a year where giving it to him is wrong. It just feels <laughs> like he just seems like he just always gets it, you know? Yeah, I, I felt like uh, Ultra Mega and Echo Lands were just in their own stratosphere this year, so I, I feel like he leveled up. But yeah, no argument there. That's great. Uh, well, similar to uh, the way Jason approached Matt Wilson, when I looked at um, the things that I read this year and, and what really popped, um, and to give it to a color artist, uh, I I went with I went with Hi-Fi because I mean. Uh, now that uh, the Superman book isn't being colored by a racist, it's a nice touch. But he's also done Justice League, uh, Deathstroke, Inc. Uh, did part of um, – well, is listed along with two others as, uh, on Wonder Woman Historia. I just it, – it's it's a – Hi-Fi is able to work with pretty much any artist that, uh, that – uh, is putting down the lines on the page and it, it's it's not all bright neon it's not all uh, uh flat it it the artist and the colorist in this case uh work extremely well together and and when um when i looked at not just what i i did read but then going through everything else that hi-fi colored um last year uh they as almost as busy as um as matt wilson and uh yeah i just i was i was um 
I'm happy with with the colors that that, that I'm seeing from iFi. Right on. Now we have uh, favorite single issue slash one shot. Um, Sixty-seven unique nominations, and, and that's always nominees. that's always that's always the thing that gets the most nominations, right? Because you're talking about a single issue, so yeah. And it's and listen, and and there are times, and I know throughout the year, we'll either jokingly mention it. Uh, or at least make a note that oh yeah it's gonna be on my cloud and and it's it, it it's it's one of those categories where yeah that, that that's something where as soon as and, and you'll see it on the Slack too as soon as someone reads something it's like this this mattered this was special to me this this, this affected me and and it's it's a uh, it's always interesting to see once we get to do the Oscars what um, what resonated and 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 made it through uh, the top three and then our picks but uh, with three percent. In third place is uh, is Cancor, uh Anamnesis, and that was that. That's absolutely fitting. I, I sign off on that uh, on that one. Absolutely, four uh, percent was. Um, when did I don't? Did we even talk about this on the show? Did Jason talk about this? No, this is, I don't. We've not discussed this. Uh, Asheron number mm-hmm. one, uh, and then with five percent is uh planet size x-men number one so i'm looking at these percentages and i'm looking at the number of of unique nominations and i'm, I'm guessing there were a lot of uh onesie twosies oh tons yeah of course okay. because yeah of course, because again like one it's so much easier for one issue to speak to somebody you know in a run like yep. a lot of like a lot of titles that people love like let's say your department of truths or your you know like nice house on the lake like you know you might see three or four different issues n- nominated right like by one one person each individually so uh i went with um kane and abel the uh the 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 oversized mm, one point. shot um that image put out from um from shaky kane and, and trend abel and it was it it was a lot of fun it was it was one of those things where yeah after i finished while i'm reading it i'm i'm getting a kick out of it but once i was finished and I closed it, and I'm, I'm looking at how how nice this thing looks oversized. And I, I just, I, it was one of those things where, I, I'm glad it exists. I'm glad I read it, and and it was a, uh, it's something that I think I'll just flip through every so often, just because. I mean, the art's fantastic, but it is. It's 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 crazy. It's nuts. It's um, it's a little out there, and and I had a blast with it. So that was uh, that was my favorite of the year. Yeah, that was on my list too. Yeah, um, and but I can definitely understand why what you pick is is it. So I mean that just if if Kane and Abel was on your was was on your list and and it didn't win, then I absolutely know that what you did pick had to speak to you. Yeah, and I hate like hell not to give this to my man Matt Allison because Anamnesis was a great freaking issue. But it was. I think he'd agree with me on this one. Um, my favorite single issue one shot of 2021 was Gutter Hunter, number one, by Robin Bougie. And I talked about it in episode 770. So if you want to hear the details, go listen to that. Uh, it's just uh, a DIY, punk-ass, uh, horror exploitation, cinema sewer formula applied to comics. There's an interview with, with Mark Hansen in it of ralph snart like stop you you got me um a hundred pages 
just beautiful black and white. Uh, there are some comics in it, but it is mostly about comics, the weird and wonderful stuff that you find in the cheapy bins. It, it, if you haven't read it, go get it. Gutter Hunter number one, because it it was a lightning bolt. Just commanded my attention. So yeah. Nice. <clears throat> I don't know if I told you guys, but when, when we talked about Cain and Abel uh, on the show, I... Did you know I read the whole thing thinking that it was that it was Shaky Kane and and like and he just used an alter ego like that was the whole premise of the book. Oh boy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because the styles are so similar. No, but I thought that was the point. Like I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like he's you know Switching he's doing a, a Richard Bachman situation, but he's even drawing it differently. Anyway, yeah, it's a great uh, book. Really it is. is. It is. Uh, my choice uh, was, and this was a tough one. Um, but ultimately, I, 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 I settled on uh, Planet Size X-Men number one uh, by Jerry Duggan with art by Pepe Larraz. And it's just because, you know, um, you all know I'm an X-Men mark. And I think that it's ironic that um, I'm signaling, signaling out a book that was not written by Hickman. Um, but this was like just... This this is an interesting issue because for me it, it 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 made me get really excited about the idea of Jerry Duggan taking the baton from Hickman, thinking oh maybe he's capable of the same big ideas. Um, I think a few months into it, we now know that's probably not true. But for this one issue, it 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 like filled my heart with hope that we were going to get uh, another few years of the same kind of just glorious halcyon times we've had in the X world for the last few years as Hickman was the showrunner. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, it, it's, it's like perfect mutant comic in one, one issue form, which is a, a rare thing these days. So, uh, pretty, pretty easy pick for me when, when all the dust was settled. And I had gone back and forth between two comics pretty well all year. Cause I've been tracking this all year. Um, and I had to go where my heart was at the end, and it was the same place as Jason and the listeners, Planet Size X-Men. And literally for every reason, Jason said, you know, taking that issue in the middle of what was a weird throwaway crossover, um, a couple issues in, it was the Hellfire Gala, it's all the same. And you're just like, I've got five six more issues of this and then you get this special that just blows up the x line and really delivers on the promise of what big ideas and what we've been expecting out of this and since then you know it's gone away or not nearly to that level um but that one comic i my jaw was just dropped um and that does not happen that often anymore so yeah it's a great issue really did it really was i like the fashion aspect of the hellfire gala i love the fashion but just the repetitiveness of the issues and right. seeing the same scenes over and over from a different perspective got old issue after issue yeah let tarantino do that he does it really well that's true <laughs> yeah but some of those outfits were pretty hot right <laughs> colossus that's all i'm saying <laughs> cosine all right, settle down, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up we've got favorite cover artist. And this was another huge category with 61 different votes by the listeners. Um, we've got Adam Hughes at 
Bruno Redondo at 7%, and Alex Ross at 10%. And for another, for the third category in a row, I actually went with the listeners on this. And it was purely that 50-issue run that was capped off this last year of Immortal Hulk. You know, we're in an age where the cover doesn't say what's happening in the issues, and by God, every one of those depicted what stuff that's happening in those issues and did it on a grand scale. And that last issue, that wraparound, just really, really set that whole series off. And I, it was a, a great cap to an awesome run of comics and beautiful gallery of 50 Alex Ross paintings. So. It's remarkable how the collective we have come to take Alex Ross for granted because he paints these jaw-dropping pieces with such regularity that we're, a lot of us are just numb to it. And it's just a shame because the work is still so stellar and he is not yeah. only stellar as a painter, but he, he has such, I mean, he puts out so much too. It's not like a dude does eight covers a year and calls 40. It call. yeah it's just amazing that's a great because yeah, he's also he's also doing the the current iron man stuff yep. so it's like yeah, yeah. And, and and which is fitting for him because of all the the shiny sterlingness of it but uh but so yeah I, no that it, it, hulk is a great reason for that to win i did a little research did 40 covers this year that i counted all marvel because you know he yeah. jumps around between dc marvel some dynamite sometimes but this year it seemed all marvel yeah wow the Astro City's coming back, so he'll he'll, he'll branch out to him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I um, this was one of the few categories where I I kind of struggled right before I decided to write down a name, and 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 there was uh, there was one other person who was close to getting it, uh, but then I looked around and I I, I looked at some of the covers. Um, he did for the death of Doctor Strange, and uh, and and the Amazing Fantasy covers are absolutely fantastic. I, it, it's it's Carrie Andrews for me this year. Um, there there weren't, I, I, you know, I'm not a variance guy. There uh, there were some artists who, and even when the interiors, there are some artists like like, yeah, I'll. I'll there's one book in particular that I read where there's a different cover artist every issue, and I wish the interior artist would would, would just do the damn cover, but. Um, when I just think about the covers, that kind of just made me because a lot of times I'll, it, I don't ignore them, but I'm just I want what's inside, and and very very rarely these days do I do I stop and look at a cover for more than a few seconds. But uh, but Andrews's covers um, make me take notice, and like I said, the Amazing Fantasy covers are, um, you know, it, it's the inside may not match the excitement of of the outside but his covers for for that many were and even the variants but the covers are absolutely fantastic but yeah so gary andrews is my winner for this year i only had one answer for this category <laughs> yeah you did. the name came to me immediately and it stuck and i i compared and everybody came up lacking uh to me uh my cover artist of 2021 is jay lee yeah, been. that's a great answer. I mean, Jay Lee's covers are awesome. Yep. I mean, something is killing a children. I mean, I, I, I uh, told him at Emerald City that his, I think he draws Erica Slaughter better than Werther does, and that's no slight on Werther. 
So true, true. Yeah, props to you for that. He elevates uh, the material inside um, mm-hmm. because he does a lot of dynamite covers, and many times the cover is is uh, the reason to buy the book. For sure, yeah, that's yeah. true. Looking through previews, I always am captivated by his covers on dynamite, and that's then I remember that what's inside isn't going to look like that. <laughs> so sometimes, uh, yeah, sometimes. Uh, my choice is um, is one. This is always a, the the one of the toughest categories for me. Kind of like Vince with digital first web comics. I mean, I just don't pay attention to covers much these days uh, because I don't go to the newsstand and buy issues off the rack every week. So it's just I don't. I just they don't they rarely leave leave a, uh, an imprint on me. Uh, so I kind of have to go back and and research the books that I read and look at the covers and think, well, which one stood out to me. Um, but this time, uh, it was a little easier than normal, and that's just because it's someone I feel like we've been on since from the come-up, and that's Peach Momoko. Uh, we met Peach, who's repped by Jason Schachter at Essential at C2E2 a few years back, uh, when she, I think that month that we met her was like the first month she had ever done a Marvel cover. And uh, now I think she's right up there among one of the most sought-after variant cover artists of the moment. She's putting out a ton of work, uh, but uh, yeah, I just I, I dig her style, and I, I uh, tangentially I've enjoyed the 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 few interiors that she's done this year too, like the X Men stuff. But but yeah, Peach Momoko is my my cover artist. She and along with like Julian Tatino Tedesco are now some of the few people that are mainly cover artists who I I do keep an eye out for just to just to see the images, even if I don't buy their comics. Gorgeous work. She released a Storm cover for X Men Red uh, today. Nice. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. You love Peach, dude. I do. Oh, you don't like Storm. Nah, exactly. My man. (laughs) Right. Um, All right. I'm up with uh, favorite import, which is the one new category of the year. Nice. And uh, part of that is we do try when we when we redo the categories or update them, we 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 try and make them uh, like you know we try and keep this structured in a way that that makes sense for us. Like if you listen to our show, you know that that the collective. The trio. We we certainly have. We read a lot more imported comics now than we maybe did collectively years and years ago, and uh, you know we, we read less of like the superhero books and stuff. So it just made sense to give this its own because we we are we are in a pretty blessed era right now where we're just getting a ton of stuff from Europe, from South America, from from Japan. You know we're getting a lot of that stuff brought over and translated now, and, and it's great. Um, so the audience, uh, well, this is a this was a category relatively one of the lower um, uh, dispersed categories. Thirty six different books were nominated um, at least once, with six percent uh, the Grand Odalisque, uh, with eight percent Aster of Pan. Interestingly, those two books came out the same week, uh, and the winner uh, audience's choice was with fourteen percent Carmen. Respect. Um, respect indeed uh i i really thought all of those were deserving i enjoyed them all um i went uh for my choice was aster of pan by uh written and drawn by merwan published through magnetic uh, which is uh you know certainly one of the main the main purveyors of european imports these days for us um this is a tough category there were a lot of books like i know what all my booze here have picked and i think they're all great too uh, i could have gone a lot of different ways with this one but ultimately just kind of like photo finish 
crossing the finish line for me was Aster of Pan, which I gushed about. And I remember because this was the week the that book came out, Grant Odalise came out, and it was the same week that Monsters came out. And we talked about them all in the same episode. And uh, uh, for me, this was just a real treat. And um, and, and I also think the, be- the best work that I've read of Marwan's, because I've read a bunch of his stuff now, and for me, this this stands above the pack pretty pretty decisively, uh, bluntly. So, yeah, Aster of Pan. I am a little shocked that there's no uh, manga in that list as much as <clears throat> the slackers read uh, a lot yeah, of manga. Yeah, true. I <laughs> bet you they don't think... I, You know what, Brian? I bet you a lot of people don't, when they see that in this ballot, they don't think of manga like because it's its own thing. I bet... Yeah. You know, maybe we should do a best manga category uh, in future years. We'll have to think about that favorite manga. Maybe we should. (laughs) Well, the problem we have with that, Vince, as you know, is that you read a ton, but I read two, three different manga a year. Dad probably reads the same or even less. So it's it's just always a question of would would we just be picking the one thing we read, and then you would have something to say more broadly, right? (laughs) Like I'm going to pick Junji Ito almost every year, right? I mean, I'm just because that's what I read. I read all of his stuff, but. But you probably wouldn't be wrong in doing so. Sure, sure. Right? Sorry, Brian, we cut you off. No, no worries. Well, I did go with manga. Um, I went with one that uh, actually Tony Fleeces told everybody about on one of, I think, maybe his first episode he uh, fourth-chaired, 638, if I got my notes right. Look at you. But it was uh, Witch Hat Atelier which it's about two volumes of it come out a year and it's just delightful it's just a fun book beautiful artwork um if you want to hear in detail about it go back and listen to that episode and hear tony gush about it because he got a he got several people hooked on it from from that episode so highly recommend it um if you haven't checked it out do so that's great uh well i I mentioned earlier uh, there were a couple that I had um, depict that I thought were going to be in the running uh, things from Magnetic or things like uh, like, like Paris 2119 or even um, The Adoption, which I absolutely loved, but unfortunately that was published in 2020. So the one thing that, that really stuck out to me, um, although I could have went with the audience, uh, but for me, I... Um, I really, really enjoyed Smart Girl that I talked about a, a few weeks ago um, by uh, Fernando Dagnino, and it's um, it's a gorgeous book, and its subject matter is is right up my alley with uh, with the whole smart apps and and AI and robots, and um, thankfully Titan uh, published it in English, and uh, if you can, I would definitely recommend you get it and read it, and uh, that was my favorite import of 2021. Wouldn't you know it, my favorite import is also from Titan. Nice! Yeah. Titan-O-Rama. This is a book that has presence, man. It's it's oh, yeah. large format, hardcover, uh, the arts by uh, Olivier Ledroit, and it's, it's Wicca. Oh, yeah. With a K, W-I-K-A, in case you're looking for it. We talked it up in episode 738. Um, it, 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 I think it's, it's a, um, a modern um, use of the Kirby wow factor aesthetic where there's so much going on 
on, on the page uh, that you just have to stop and take a breath because it's all intricately plotted and, and delineated and there's there's it, there's a bit of Art Nouveau too, like the framing around the panels are sometimes very ornate. Uh, it's just an amazing book and it's not, it, but it's a speed bump. Each page is, it page is a speed bump because you're not going to get through this book in like an hour. No. It, it's like no, 200 and, right, it's like 250 whatever, 60 pages and it it will take you forever to get through this. But that's a good thing because you're steeped in this beautiful, sumptuous artwork. And the story's great, too, by Thomas uh, Day. It's a just a wonderful book. Wicca. That was my clear winner. And who put, who put us onto that book, Vince? I think it was some, some guy named Ted. Uh, Fred. Uh, what was it? <laughs> 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 Actually, no, it was our, our very own Brian right here. Indeed, it was. Yeah. yeah uh, we'll be hearing more about that book a little bit later. Right. And the, I looked into buying original pages from that book uh, until I, and they are available, but they're $30,000 a page. Good Lord. Well, yeah. Hey, Vince, I do have to ask you did you spot the, the, the dildos in the background on one of the pages? Oh, who can't spot a dildo? <laughs> My man. Seriously. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> y'all going to be hearing about that a little bit later. Nice. Well, it looks like I'm up. Oh, boy, this one was rough for me. But <laughs> I had at least 10 contenders for this. Yeah. Fa- favorite anthology comic. Yeah. There were 35 unique nominations. Which uh, is a really a lot, by the way, for anthologies normally. Like, like normally anthologies one of those ones where we get 15... 10, 12, 15, um, because people people don't read a lot. They, there's one or two, maybe they've got a lot of hype and they read that one and that usually wins. So it was pretty cool to see this many anthologies get some love this year. Very true. The listeners in third place with 8% of the vote went with Batman Urban Legends. Stuck in the middle with 10%, it's Superman Red and Blue. And big respect, first place, wow, with uh, 14% of the vote was the silver coin. Yes, sir. That's amazing, man. I'm not surprised by that, right? Because that's, I mean, it's one of the ones that we talked about. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of questions on, is this an anthology? And I told several folks, yes, it is. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) Sure it is. Just like Ice Cream Man, just like, yeah, it is. Yep, it is. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, Like I said, long, long list of of uh contenders the top two were edited by the same man my second choice was dagger dagger uh edited by that was mine by al gofa um my number one pick and appropriately it was a punch to the face Mm -hmm. now we always talk about anthologies being like the minestrone of comics you know um there's a lot of delicious pasta in there but sometimes you'll get a lima bean Right. And not many people like the lima beans. So, you know, it, it's a crapshoot when you're when you're uh, buying into an anthology. This was all pasta, man. And it's amazing because it's phone book sized. It is thick as hell. It was published by Le Ed Nouveau Système. How about that? Pepe Le Pew. Uh, the editor, again, was Al Gofa and it's Cry Punch Comics. A massive anthology of black and white fight comics. 
every one of them as beautiful as the one that came before. Some of the, the storylines are very slight, but the visuals, oh my God, they're, they're just amazing. Um, so yeah, Cry Punch Comics was my winner. When you're right, you're right. And in spite of it being a banner year for anthologies, I'm right there with Vince. I'll go with Cry Punch. 450 pages of Shonen Jump martial arts fighting craziness. It was a blast from first to last page. So that's my choice as well. You never agree with me. That isn't true at all. But anyway, <laughs> it isn't. But yeah. Well, uh, we got a three-peat here. Yes, sir. Um, I am not an anthology fan, and you would think Dagger Dagger would be more my style, but I read uh, Cry Punch, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like Vince said, there wasn't a bad story in there, in my view. Yeah. And usually anthologies are more, a lot more misses than hits for me, so I was, I was stunned. Um, at just how good and fun it was. So that was that was my pick as well. All fantastic. Um, it was it 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 was on my short list as was Dagger Dagger. Um, and and I, 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 I cry punches here right next to me. It it is chock a block full of fantastic stuff. Um, but earlier it, it, earlier in the year. Uh, and and this isn't necessarily me playing favorites, but it, I was sent the um, the the review copy of uh, of DUI drawn under the influence. And when I, I I sat down as I'm filling this out, and and I'm looking at the two. I'm looking at DUI. I'm looking at uh, at 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 Punch, and I'm like, and and it basically came down to. Um, which which one contained more stories that just I I really really enjoyed? And there are a ton of stories in Cry Punch. Don't get me wrong, but um, there are some shorts in in DUI that just absolutely stuck with me after I finished them. And uh, and and you know some of the stuff in this book is completely first time from. The creators and and uh i i can only hope that uh we get more in the near future but uh yeah i part of me i, I didn't want to break the streak but it, it was one of those instances where i was like i just i i i, I kind of have to go with my heart and and i went with uh dui for my favorite of 2021 and from there we have breakout performers, which always makes me laugh um, <laughs> because it's I, there were 42 unique nominations. And um, and uh, this is the equivalent of calling uh, for some of them. It's, it's the equivalent of calling, you know, Scotty Young or Mahmoud or Young Gun. But uh, I don't think I don't order these presentations in in, the, in a way. <laughs> I, I can only imagine like some of the some of the side eye you'd be given, but yeah, I mean, because there were, and, and there are a couple that um, that I'm already eyeballing for next year's ballot that that uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing. But um, but yeah, so so in third place with six percent of the 42 unique nominations is a tie between Bilquis, Evely, and uh, Bruno Redondo. Um, 
I I know it's been a few years we've been talking about Bilquis for a while, but I definitely love the idea that uh, that that people are uh, seeing her work now, whether it's on Tom King's Supergirl book or uh, the, the 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 Dreaming book. There's she's been out and about, and and the more eyes that see her, I'm happy. So I mean, to see her on a list pleases me. Um, but yes, uh, as far as a breakout, uh, that that's. It is what it is. Uh, but the second place is completely because I mean I've known Tony since oh six, even it was even earlier than that. But uh, but yeah, uh, with eight percent of the vote in second place is Tony Fleece. So uh, mad props to him. And uh, in first place with twenty percent of the votes, that's the most percentages to date uh, as on this list uh, as, as, that we've discussed tonight uh, is Ram V. And I, I can't, I can't fault the listeners for that. It's a, uh, it is a solid pick seeing Ram's name on, uh, on a lot of things these days. Um, but uh, I went with, uh, with James Edward Clark because uh, it, I, I have art by him now, but those uh, two were apps. It, it, it's, I, I, I love James's style. I love the energy on the page. I, I, I love the faces. I just, I, it's it's the kind of art style that I've eaten up when I was younger, and I love that I'm older now and, and can just sit down and appreciate the work on the page. But James Edward Clark was absolutely hands down. It, this was one of those instances where there was nobody else I could think of Um when it comes to uh, to standout performances and and uh, yeah, JEC was definitely my pick for this year. My uh, recipe for choosing breakout performer is um, someone who didn't exist to me before. Right. Yeah, same. Th- this same year, mm-hmm. and yep. so I had a bunch. I had four that were really strong contenders. Nathan Gooden, Hayden Sherman, of course, yeah. Al, Al Gofa. Yeah, Al yeah. Gofa from the aforementioned Cry Punch. But there was one guy who was a ghost <laughs> before yeah. 2021. Um, didn't know him, didn't wasn't aware of his work. And then he came along uh, with Matt King and did this this little book called Tales to Enlighten, and I was like, where the hell have you been all my life, uh, James Edward Clark? Uh, without question, he is the one that was missing, and then now he's here, and I yeah. I, I wouldn't want it any other way. Um, we talked with his cohort, Matt King, in episode 750, so if you want to hear about James Edward Clark, listen to that episode, because we talk a lot about him. Yeah, I mean, this is one where we we basically agree, although um, I couldn't in good conscience just give it to JEC. I had my choice is 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 the team of Matt King and, mm. and James Edward Clark. I I just it didn't feel right to not include Matt in the process because to me, Tales of Tales to Enlighten was was such a magical experience. As you said, Vince, we had Matt on, had a great conversation with him. And it's like, you know, I think it was evident in that chat how much Matt you know, this wasn't a Stan Jack thing. I mean, Matt really was a huge part of the creative uh, magic that led to Tales to Enlighten. He was very hands-on in the art direction and, you know, the, the sight gags and the interstitials and 
and he did a lot of the 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 formatting and layering and the decoupage and all that stuff himself uh, in post production. So to me, those two forms like Voltron and Create Magic this year. And to your point about your criteria, I didn't really know either guy until we backed their Kickstarter, and uh, I'm somewhat I'm definitely feel like I got my money's worth ten times over with that. So my yeah. choice is James Edward Clark and uh, his his creative cohort uh, Matt King. Hmm. Well, I do like some James Edward Clark art. In fact, I uh, sent four pieces out to folks for Christmas this year that uh-huh. I had him commissioned to do. But I kind of take a different definition for breakout which i think is what the listeners take whereas y'all seem to be a little more debut artist and i think everybody else is a lot of folks are thinking you know people that have been toiling for a while but now they've had that year where they're just at a new level where they're getting critical and sales acclaim and i went with Rand v for just that reason you know i know he's been around for a while but this year he was all over the place and you know um, that many deaths of Layla Starr, shout out to John O'Neill. Um, that has been on almost every best of list this year. Um, Jason, you can probably tell me exactly how many it was on. <laughs> oh, don't get him going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then just that Swamp Thing limited series. What was it supposed to be? Ten issues, and we're in a day. In a, we're in a day and age where stuff gets canceled. That's supposed to be ongoing after a couple issues. He got a limited series doubled in size or more i think it's 16 issues now yeah who does that happen to nobody <laughs> yeah i <laughs> right and to answer your question out of 17 oh boy uh best of <laughs> sources the many deaths of low star was uh on nine of the 17 only bested by the 10 times that that uh, monsters was yeah. was nominated so it was a good book if y'all haven't read it get on it um but plus, he was just all over the place this year. I think I counted up 55 writing credits on, on stuff this you year. You photo because so. he's writing Venom. Yeah, that, you, know, <laughs> you know me in, in the spider books. <laughs> when he's writing Marauders, we'll talk. <laughs> all right. Uh, next up, I feel like Jason rigged this, so I would have this, um, <laughs> this category. But it is favorite collected slash reprint. And at um, 62 unique votes, which is, again, one of the highest, we have the Chris Claremont Paragon Collection at 4%, which I own. It was gifted to me for Christmas. It's a beautiful collection. Then we have The Last God at 5%, um, which I also own. And then we've got Crisis Zone at 6%. I will say I do not own that one. Um, Character flaw. Yeah, I can't own everything, Vince. <laughs> Jason owns the art. I own the hardcovers. Um, well, Jason owns the hardcovers, too. But, Vince, I went with a book both you and I adore, The Last God by Philip Kennedy Johnson and yes. Ricardo Federici. Do you know why I voted for this for best collection? Uh, because it has a fold-out. <laughs> dust jacket folds out into yes. a map, Matt. <laughs> Vince, for once, a dust jacket you would want to keep. See, that's a functional dust jacket. It serves yeah. a purpose other than wrapping 
beautiful hardcovers. Like, why? But, uh, I, yeah, that is a very good use for hard, for a, a dust jacket. And I agree I with your pick. You know how much I love that book. I could have been shady and actually put it on limited series because the last issue came out the week after last year's 11 O'Clockers. Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah. But that I would have been sussed, but it would have been allowable. Yeah. But I did not. But we I love that, that book, too. Future. Yeah. It, well, let's not. I don't want to bring it down. But so, yeah. No. There we go. Uh, um, yeah, The Last God was was on my short list. Um, there were a couple things on um, on my short list. And, uh, but the one thing that really, when I looked at everything, um, and I kept going back to it, uh, weighing pros and cons, why one would win and one wouldn't, or why one why one would be my favorite over the other. Um, the one thing that I really never expected to see, um, the one thing that as I could, I flip through it every so often and it just, it, it instantly transports me back. Um, and I'm sitting here smiling like an idiot. And, and uh, I was beside myself when it was announced and now that it actually exists, uh, my favorite collected edition was from early in the year. Everything else had to beat it. It was uh, DC's Who's Who Omnibus Volume One, and it is it's it's one of I for me it's on the pedestal along with the Born Again and Gil Kane Artist Edition. There are certain things that I will never part with, and this is absolutely one of them. So Dap, I can look up from my desk, and I have it fronted in my case, so I can see that cover. There you go. I had nine contenders for this category. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a good year for collected slash reprint editions. Yes. Yes. Uh, the, the, the number two was Trots and Bonnie by Sherry Flanagan. And, and I struggled with this because that's a very important book. Uh, those strips uh, have uh, a lot of ripples through the comic industry since they were uh, published. But I didn't go with it. I didn't, because uh, my winner, uh, I had to vote for this. And I talk about it in episode 766. My favorite collected reprint edition is Crisis Zone by Simon Hanselman, because it's a masterpiece. And you want to hear why, go to episode 766. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as Brian joked, I... I'd say the predominant way I buy comics these days are in hardcovers. Uh, I'm a mark for any kind of like really beautiful shelf porn style thing. I don't think this year there were many of those, at least not that that like where the format itself is what put put it over the top for me. So I went with the Nostalgia Bomb, which for me was much like Dap with the Who's Who, um, which also was great and was in consideration. Uh, I went with the Marvel version of that, which is the Ohatmu deluxe omnibus this is the second ohatmu omnibus they've put out the first being the original uh, official handbook and this is the second version of the official handbook that they put out uh and you know as as, as listeners know if it weren't for um you know if it weren't for ohatmu uh i i wouldn't be here uh, it, it was my it's what turned me into a comic book nerd it's what made me obsessive about the hobby and got me collecting and absorbing and reading back matter and, and reading back issues and just trying to get totally engulfed in, in everything about the, the the Marvel universe which uh which led me to here with you crazy fools. So 
the Ohatmu Deluxe Omnibus. I love you so much. <laughs> love it. Well, I love that crap because it got you here. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and it is time for a genre category. We're going to talk about favorite fantasy comics. Woo. Good year. Good, great year for fantasy. Comics. I totally agree. Great year. Yeah. Great year. Um, Forty-seven different fantasy comics got uh, got a nod from the audience. Um, with nine percent of the vote is Echo Lands. Uh, with ten percent of the vote, just edging out for the silver is Barbaric. And the winner, winner, chicken dinner with thirteen percent of the vote is. Kieran Gillen and Dan Mora's Arthurian legend masterpiece, Once and Future, all very worthy, by the way. All yeah, three, loved all three of those comics this year. I, um, I I was very late to the party on Once and Future. I read it just at the very end of the year. I read the entire thing, and well, it, it, with the the first deluxe hardcover came out, and uh, thought it was fantastic. But all three of those comics are great. Um, but were not my choice. My my favorite fantasy book of the year, and this was pretty easy. This is one of the first things I put into my my form. Uh, and again, all credit to our fourth chair tonight, Brian, for turning uh, us on to this. My choice for fantasy book had to be Wicca. Um, that week, if you all go, and I don't, I'm not as prepared as these guys in terms of episodes, but there was an episode where we talked about a bunch of stuff, including monsters. And I said that I believe in my heart that that was the best week of comics reading I had ever had in a, a single week. And that included um, seven different collections, graphic novels, and Wicca was one of the seven, uh, And uh, as was Monsters. And, and it just was uh, like comics do not get better than that collective week I had that week. Uh, and Wicca was at or near the top of that list for me. Just incredible art engaging story just a masterpiece well uh, i think vince first talked about it on 738 and then you talked about it on 740 okay and look at you that book is of course my pick it is beautiful you know vince said you can't read in an hour i think it took me three hours to read that thing mm-hmm. it was multiple nights because it's sensory overload so you can only do a little at a time but I just had to set it aside because I didn't want it to end. And I'm not that type of person. And I poured over every detail nice. of those pages. And to get people hooked, I'm going to let you in on something. I was taking photos of the sexy pages and posting them to Slack. And all of a sudden, everybody was interested. <laughs> when it was just the cover, <laughs> nobody uh, was like... interested. <laughs> the sexy photos. some titties and some other stuff. And people were like, ooh, what's this? Some nice fairy titties. <laughs> But and on top of that, the production. This thing is enormous. Yeah. Like, and Vince, four page fold out fairy steampunk battle at the end. I was like, I got to that and I was like, I can't even hold this. I think I laid it across my bed to read it or my desk. I was like, this is. I've never read anything like it. And Jason, I, and I remember you said you looked up the art. One, I can't believe it's still for sale. But two, it would be worth every penny to own some of those paintings because oh yeah if, if that <laughs> if that uh, Zek page is worth 3.4 million then <laughs> yeah, then these 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 wicca pages are worth uh 25 30 grand each yeah for sure. yeah so and the art i'm more a story than art guy but this is definitely 
art heavy the story is great too so if y'all haven't checked it out by now you're missing out go buy it and in fact it made me start buying all the titan static stuff that that's come out and will come out in the future because it was whoever curates that line has good taste i'm sure you ordered the uh megalod god network book that's mm-hmm. current, currently offered mm-hmm. of course i do yeah it looks great mm-hmm. yep well, it wasn't my pick because I haven't read it. I'm one of the people who have missed out so far. Um, so I don't have it. haven't read it. Uh, so it can't be on my list. Um, but what is on my list was three paid, three issues of just absolute insanity uh, with fantastic art. And um, I am pretty sure it's the only thing published by Vault that I have uh, in my possession at the moment. Uh, it was barbaric. Um, it was just, it was nuts. I can't wait for more. Uh, like I said, the art is absolutely fantastic. Story's a hoot. Um, absolutely recommend the, uh, I haven't seen the hardcover, but, um, if, uh, if you get a chance, please get it. I haven't seen the black and white issues either, which I'm sure look fantastic because, because Gooden's art is great. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, it, it really wasn't much when it came to fantasy this year that uh, that I considered aside from that. So that was my favorite 2021. As Jason said, it was a huge year for fantasy books. And how do you top Andrew McLean with Headlopper? How do you eclipse that? Because it's just a phenomenal book. Uh, but one title did. And uh, I had eight runners-up in this category uh barbaric was number two like like david said it's a great book but my number one and i talked about it in episodes 759 and 775 written by charlie stickney art by connor hughes and finn cramp it's white ash spun my head around like no other fantasy book uh, no other book uh last year i mean it's just an amazing title um part romance part fantasy part there's some horror elements to it but it is just um i was to use a word jason throws around like candy gobsmacked it is just a phenomenal title if you're not reading white ash you should just correct that mistake and go out there and get that first trade because once you read it it's like the herpes it's never going to go away White ash, bitches. Dig it. Better ash your body. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> am I up now? No, David. Yes, sir. That's how it works. Yep. Oh, a favorite adventure comic. Look at this. 50 different votes for this thing. Well, 50 different unique titles were voted right. on for this right. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in number three was something called Seven Secrets. Got 5% of the vote. I don't know what that is. Should I know what that is? Yes. No. <laughs> you will, sir. Okay. Uh, in the middle was Adventure Man with 10% of the vote. and with My pick s- last year. Yeah. You love that book. Mm-hmm. And 17% of our listeners voted for, David's going to squee, Firepower. From Kirkman and Somney. That's a really great choice. It, it, it is. Um, uh, 
but I didn't go with that. Um, let's see, I had four on my list for this, but I'm not going to tell you what they are. If you're a patron, uh, you'll you'll know because Jason said we're going to put the list up, uh, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. My number one adventure book was the sumptuously illustrated uh, miniseries. Nick Bradshaw on art, good God. We talked about it in episode 760, written by John Lehman. Bermuda, that's my pick, because nothing in the adventure category, to me, was better than Bermuda. Nice. Um, yeah, like, I, I, just like fantasy, I think this is a good year for adventure. And adventure is a funny one, because I do think, looking telling the results it's it's the, it's a category where uh i think people's definition of what makes an adventure comic is a little a little more um blurry than some of the other genres but um you know what i mean like in terms of what they would consider an adventure comic or not consider uh which i think does kind of skew things sometimes for me uh the choice was was nothing that's been mentioned so far and that is uh crossover by Mr. Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw reunited and it feels so good. Uh, I know I gushed about this book not not too long ago. I don't have the episode number handy. Maybe insert Brian does. But uh, I, I really thought this was one of the best series of the year of any genre. And uh, I just, just for me, the, the Shaw's art is just jaw-dropping so much so that I am the proud owner of a three-page sequence from issue number five when we get a big reveal about what's actually going on and just seeing all the different uh independent and image characters showing up in the book and playing prominent roles and then the meta stuff like seeing comic creators that we know and and love getting murdered and 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 whatnot it's just the whole thing just just tickles me in in all the right ways so crossover was a, a pretty easy choice despite there being a lot of other quality adventure books out there this year i can tell you the episodes why don't you? 706 and 770. Nice. Yeah. I'm at your disposal. <laughs> Love it. Well, I had three in the running almost all year and went back and forth. And um, Vince, you've never heard of Seven Secrets. It's kind of one of those books that's under the radar but i think it's actually on the readers on the listeners uh picks because i've low-key swayed a couple people into reading it and they've all fallen for it basically who publishes it it's boom oh it's by uh tom taylor um you know guy that's uh writes a few books i know him <laughs> and uh i will I apologize if I slaughter this last name. Um, Danielle DiNiculio? I don't know. Mm. Um, but it's one of the... It's it's a book they published at Boom that it's it starts out one way. You think it's going to be one thing for three, four issues, and all of a sudden it's turned completely on its head. And I don't want to give too much away because I don't want to ruin the surprise for folks that, that might pick it up. Issue 13 came out today, but basically there are these secret keepers, these pairs of folks that have seven different birth cases that carry some type of secret. You have no idea what they are, 
and these folks do not get together because they don't want all the secrets in in one place and it's this kind of it seems like a spy type organization but some sort of secret society that manages all this and trains guards and and things and stuff happens again i don't want to give give things away but you know the few folks that have tried it out and stuck with it for a few issues have ended up thoroughly enjoying it which you know everybody seems to love a lot of stuff tom taylor writes it all ends up being just fun books to read and to me an adventure book should be fun so that that was my pick solid pick um well yeah i had a um had a couple few things listed here uh one of which of course lined up with the listeners um but they're really as Vince already explained, um, Bermuda was just a lot of fun and it's gorgeous and it's bright. And from the first page, you're just, you're, you're sucked in and you're, I I was in love with this world. I, I, it's a fantastic miniseries and, um, I, I, it's absolutely hands down. One of my favorite, Adventure. one of my favorite books period of the year but it's a very easy win to put in the adventure book column yeah very barosian and that's yeah. a that's a an honor to get that uh title from from a fan of burrows so yeah it's a great book good yeah. pick dap thanks man not just because it was my pick good pick <laughs> uh now i get to announce our favorite horror comics uh, with 41. Thanks, Jason. Jesus. Unique nominations, right? I know. <laughs> hey, I can't, really, I can't line this up great. Jesus. You know? uh, 11% in third place. This surprises me um, that it, it's it's in third place is uh, Something's Killing the Children, which I've heard nothing but great things about from everybody I know who's read it and is reading it. Um, second place, 12% is Red Room. I guess it's not as surprising. Um, and good, good pick. 15% is the nice house on the lake uh, in first place. I, I'm i not huge on horror. There was really, though, um, this was an instance where it, it's the only choice for me. Uh, it's every time I finish an issue... It sticks with me. Um, Martin Simmons does fantastic work on the art, and and there are a couple of issues here or there where there's there's chapter breaks and they're filled in by someone else. But um, what uh, James Tinney the Fourth is doing in in Department of Truth and and pulling on these strings and and just warping um, myths and legends and it's. It's spooky AF, man. It 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 freaks me out. It, it's one of those things where I'm I'm really kind of surprised I'm still buying and reading it, uh, but I can't look away. And uh, they're not all straight up horror, but because of Martin's art style and the subject matter that uh, that they tackle, it's it's spooky. And you know, it's the kind of book where after I finish it, I put my hand in the room first turn on the light switch before just walking straight into the room and and it's uh it it's it, it kind of just it gets under my skin it, it puts things in the back of my head where it's like i kind of thought 
I stopped thinking about when I was younger, and they're right there, so kudos to the creative team. But Department of Truth is my favorite horror book of 2021. On that school shooting. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And that hits close to home just because, and we're not going to get into the whole Newtown thing, but it's, it's, that one really, really hit close to home. Yeah, same here. One of them happened at uh, in my hometown too. So, but that was a that was a good social commentary issue, yes. to say the least. Well, contrary to Jason's machinations in the background, this is my category. I had a ton of con- <laughs> I have a ton of contenders for this. I I won't bore you with the details, but uh, the winner had two books in the running and i didn't go with love sickness but i did go with censor by junji ito uh and we talked it up in episode 765 it's really hard to beat junji ito for horror and this book was just disturbing on a whole bunch of levels the the squashing of those those creatures oh god (laughs) but the the way each of the seemingly isolated stories wove into this giant narrative it's just it's an amazing book uh yeah censor that's my winner yeah this is another category i mean as much as i certainly am gonna defer to vince and say yeah it's his category i mean i read a lot of horror comics as well Hmm. uh and really everything that got nominated so far and mentioned i think is worthy i mean something killing the children was one of my favorite books of 2020. Um, you know, Red Room, I'm actually surprised it only got 12% of the vote, but definitely for what it is, I think Pisker is doing a great job. Nice House on the Lake, it pained me that I couldn't find an, a place for it because like, cause I just thought it was great, but I kind of justified it by saying we've only got half half the story so far, so maybe next year. Um, but it's, it's but so far what we've gotten has been great. And Censor, you know, Ito's, Ito's the man. Uh, so yeah, but I went with something else, um, which just speaks to the depth of the category, and that's um, for me it was actually a pretty easy choice, uh, and that's American Vampire 1976 by Scott Snyder and Raphael Albuquerque. And um, for me, this is just about that great unexpected cherry on top of 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 the Sunday. Um, it uh, it was so good it, it got me to break my Scott Snyder boycott <laughs> on the show. Um, <laughs> And lift it. Uh, and, you know, I love Albuquerque's work. Uh, it's one of the first books I ever bought uh, original art from in terms of an interior page back when we first started uh, doing New York Comic Con and uh, when Scott Snyder was, was just still an, an, an indie guy on the come up before he was, quote unquote, in headlights, Scott Snyder, DC guy. Um, but I just I love this book. And I thought that, as I discussed not too long ago, couple weeks ago i think uh about this book i i thought it was a perfect cap to what's now a decade-long arc and i do think there is more american vampire coming out at least allegedly but if we don't ever get that uh, i think this will be an absolutely apt way to end an amazing uh decade of 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 terrific modern vampire comics so that was my choice we seem to be in a new resurgent of horror comics the last oh, couple of years. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. 41 votes for that category. I, yeah. You know, I wouldn't even think a couple of years ago we'd get half that. Um, and I have read and enjoyed every single one mentioned. I can see why Red Room's not higher because it's a lot of folks just can't 
can't do it. <laughs> it's it's brutal. Um, that it is, yeah. But that's that's what he's setting out to do. So um, I am in the DAP category here, and I went with Department of Truth as well. It is. Oh, man. I have a you know I have those first read books when they come out every week. And then I have a couple that I actually say for Saturday morning for coffee so I can sit and enjoy them a little more. And that's, this is one of those books that the week it comes out, it's, it's a coffee book, which, you know, was kind of one of the, the higher echelon of, of titles for me. It's so intricate. And the stuff he pulls on. Vince, it's like they went into your brain and picked out every conspiracy theory they could find and are telling stories about it and weaving it together. I it's know. Just, yeah. It's it's amazing. And I know why you don't get it, why why it's not a book for you, but <laughs> just the the content of it. And then, again, I, I mentioned the school shooting one. Every now and then, he just digs in deep on social commentary, and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, that uh, issue is crazy. Or that yeah. I guess it's more than an issue, but yeah. And I don't even know if that one came out this year, but it I think it, it probably had to have. But yeah, the the Bigfoot arcs this time were were excellent and then the underlying commentary of the of the of the woman monster from, from this preschool is just it's, oh, yeah. it's a good book. And and David, when you said he, he stopped to turn on the lights, I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, is he pictured a, a lady in a scarf with X's over her eyes and they're going to get him? Uh, and, I mean, the series starts off because, you know, we're, we're, we're like mocking the flat earthers and everything like that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is great. This is perfect. And then he starts getting spooky and and, and twisting things around that might have be in the back of your head. And it's like, this motherfucker, I, I... – ah, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a solid pick. And, you know, I, I do subscribe to Tinian's Substack, and he yep. goes deep on this stuff. Like, he, I, I picture him up for days on the internet chasing rabbit trails of conspiracy theories and just getting getting all up in them. But um, that was my pick as well. So, next up, we have favorite inker or penciler. Um, he screwed up again. Like what Dude. is his deal? It's uh, he doesn't he doesn't Listen. love it anymore, bro. Again, there we is the he, madness. Relax. Yeah, he can't it's shuffle the. No, God it's forbid purple. we shuffle, but that's okay. Yeah, I was thinking this is not the category for me <laughs> because if you really get into this and you're gonna and you're gonna you're gonna poke the bear. If you notice, if you didn't have this little oh, should it be my category? Blah, 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 you'd notice that the person that finishes the last category goes right into the next category. Yes, we don't. Oh, well, the, yeah. That's pretty yes. apparent. We, yeah, I get the whole snake glasses. You should have arranged the category a little different for David to have this. He's, he's trying to school no, us on no, the flow of Excel. I'll tell you why David doesn't get this category start. Because he is a purist and wants to nominate an inker, and almost no one ever votes for a pure inker. Well, because you also don't have just pencil, you have favorite artist, and then you have <laughs> the guy who just finishes or whatever. It's not like it's not like you have a penciler and an inker. No, you right. have, and, you have and, favorite artist, which does everything, and then you just have. And the anchor reason we do somebody. it that way is because that's the market now. There aren't many traditional inkers anymore. Yeah, I actually, this was a hard category for me because it's just not, my brain's not wired for that. And when I was looking at credits, it's like, there's nobody listed as anchor on a lot of this stuff anymore. It's true. It's absolutely true. And that's, yeah, 
So uh, that said, there were 50 uh, unique nominations, and we've got uh, Daniel Warren Johnson at 6%, Barry Windsor Smith at 7 and Sean Phillips at 10 so, um, You know, when Daniel Warren Johnson puts out something, I'm going to get it. Yeah. So he was my pick for Beta Ray Bill this year. It was just a... Uh, it was a fun sci-fi romp through the the Marvel universe and the nine, well now ten realms of of uh, the Thor universe. So uh, did a great job on it. So he was my pick. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. No, no, you cannot. Um, I just based on what I read this year and what the artists drawing the book do, and whether or not um, anybody had an anchor um since it's you know mostly the guys or gals who do both um one guy who does both extremely well is chris somney and and whether it's firepower whether it's Jonah, i mean he's 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 prolific he's he's done a lot of work this year uh between his two books and uh, i i just I'm in love with the man's work and, and his style. And um, I absolutely get, you know, it, it wouldn't look right, I think, at this point, if anybody, I mean, I, you know, Andy Parks has inked him. He's, he's been inked by people, uh, but he is one who um, I don't think benefits from anybody but himself finishing his work. And uh, I mean, yes, that Wilson, of course, colors it. But when it comes to the lines on the page, Chris Omni is an absolute master as far as I'm concerned. So he is my favorite pencil slash anchor, both or just anchor. No surprise. I always lean to the dual nature, the penciler slash anchor. Um, and my list was extensive, but I'm not going to bore you with the details. My pick is a guy that... Um, is rooted in lowbrow sensibility, but he has a very avant-garde, um, experimental uh, finishing move, let's say. Uh, I don't think anybody does it better than this guy. And my favorite pencil inker is uh, Michel Fife. Long-time listener to the show, so love that. I yep. just, uh, this man's work, I mean, he crushes everybody underfoot for me. Just saying. I mean, everybody else can, you know, dry a tear, but you're not as good as Michel uh, <laughs> yeah. Fife. You're not. All right, right on. <laughs> Respect. I'm just just uh, absolutely stunned that, that Dap went with a pencil or inker instead of an inker. I'm just, right? Uh, he always, he, uh, he has, to this recording, he has always gone with a, just a, a, a straight-out inker. When when I look at what I read this year, yeah, most of it, almost all of it, uh, you know, with the exception of maybe some of the Heroes Reborn stuff, and I, you know, I I love Dexter, I love Mark, but I when I look at what I've read and and the things that tickled me, um, most everybody ink themselves. Yeah, same. I mean, when I when I look at my list of of people I'm considering for favorite artist. Pretty much everyone, and we're talking like dozens of people that make the consideration or ink themselves these days. I mean, I probably could have just—I I probably could have swapped the the oh, yeah. favorite yeah. artist position here this year. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and to that end, my choice was uh, someone easily could have been my choice for favorite artist, but I went with someone else. But uh, for favorite uh, pencil or inker would be James Herron, um, who, uh, quote unquote, the, the only, and I put that in quotes, thing he did this year was Ultra Mega, but that was more than enough. Uh, it was a visual tour de force. Yep. And having seen the, um, I'm not alone here, but having seen the original art, the, the, the non-colored pages too. I mean, just, just, just jaw dropping stuff. And I know that he spent a long time drawing these pages, uh, much more than, than, you know, I think it probably took him close to three years to put this book together. So yeah, um, had to, had to show him some love for sure. Um, and, uh, with that, I will move us on to another genre, uh, topic, which is favorite science fiction comic. Um, and I guess we're starting to sound like a broken record because I thought this was another a great year for science fiction. There was a lot of uh, worthy worthy nominees uh, with 51 different books getting some love with 7%, uh, a book that I'm sure would have been half as nominated, if not lower, were it not for Dapp's love of it, and that is N.K. Jemisin's Far Sector. Uh, in second place, just edging it out with 8% of the vote is Strange Adventures by... Tom King, Mitch Gerrids, and Doc Shaner. Uh, and then uh, just edging that out with 9% of the vote is by the aforementioned James Heron, Ultra Mega, written and drawn uh, by. So uh, all great choices. I, I very much enjoyed all three of those books. And in fact, my choice was one of them. It was Strange Adventures um, by Tom, Mitch, and Doc. Uh, talked about that a uh, couple months back. Thought it was just terrific i mean it is um you know it I, I thought it was it was perfect comics as, as are many of the things that uh we've given love to tonight so if you want to hear a more lengthy dissertation on it you can go ahead and and go back and find that episode but uh i'll just say that was my choice well i will say i um had two in the running from early early in the year um both series only had a few issues, but they were phenomenal and did not get um, knocked out until literally last week with a book that came in right under the wire. Um, Magnetic put out a beautiful version of Carbon and Silicon by Matteo Babalette, and I tore through that book. It It's not quite up there with Wicca, but it is. It had that big of an impact, uh, close to it on me. It was just a gorgeous sci-fi story about um, humanity bringing on some AI and the next several hundred years of those original AI's existence. Um, Jason, I'm sure it's uh, still on your stack to read if you haven't cracked it open yet. Um, and I figure in a week or two you'll you probably gush about it and and talk about it in depth. But it is six inches from my left leg right now. Yeah, mm, he's he's always late to the party. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, um, I, I have a feeling it will be a, a future segment on on the show. So uh, stay tuned, folks. But if you haven't picked it up, uh, I know Magnetic did a Kickstarter on it, and they're doing single issues now. But they're selling the the hardcover slipcase with Shangri La on their website. If you if you miss the Kickstarter, highly recommend it. Respect. Um. Yeah, I. Uh, I 
went with uh, some of our listeners this time around, and um, really there was no um, no other choice for me when it came to uh, science fiction this year. It's it's N.K. Jemisin is uh, I want to see her do more comic book work, but um, I love her short stories. I haven't started her um, her long form novels yet, and 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 the the multi part novels, but um, I love the work she puts down on the page, and and Jamal Campbell's art was really just heightened my enjoyment of uh, of my favorite sci fi book this year, which was. Uh, 2021 which was far sector um it's one of those books where i don't know i jamal's work just really i mean we're in we're in an alien world with 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 aliens we've never seen before and i i don't know how i would feel about the book if somebody else illustrated it it just it's it's a great story it looks great um the 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 character Sojourn is just it, 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 Joe Mullen is is a fantastic new character. Um, I'm I'm happy that uh, I'm, I'm elated that we've been given this story, given these characters, and hopefully this um, this just opened the door and and uh, wet her appetite to do more comic book work because I would love to see N.K. Jemisin write other characters, established or new, but. Um, I, I, I think her her style works in the format, but uh, Far Sector was my favorite science fiction book of 2021. And from there, I had a bunch. Of course, li- you did. Yeah, um, but uh, to find out why I chose this, uh, we talked about it a lot last year. Mm-hmm. Check out episode 721, 727, 734, and 750. That's a lot of uh, jibba-jabba on this book, and rightly so, because uh, I think this guy, uh, on the the conceptual side, he's a lot like William Burroughs to me, Um, but he can also draw as well as write. My favorite science fiction book for 2021 was Rain Like Hammers by Brandon Graham. That's my choice. Love the Graham. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a great choice. And where do we go from there? Oh, looks like I'm up next. Wow. The, uh, I'm doing, no, you're, wait, did no, I, you're no, doing... I screwed up. Uh, my favorite crime and mystery comic. There we go. 30 different choices uh, from the listeners. In uh, the third place was The Good Asian. That's incredible. With ten percent of the vote, uh, and it's a phenomenal book. But when you hear the next two, you're going to be like, "All right, I understand why it's in third place." Uh, in second place, with eighteen percent of the vote, is Reckless Friend of the Devil. In first place, with a whopping twenty-five percent of the vote, and for once, I have to agree with the listeners. The number one favorite crime mystery comic is Reckless. Destroy all monsters. Now, when you think about uh, this category, it's dominated by Brubaker Phillips. 
Do you go with Friends, Friend of the Devil? Do you go with Pulp? Do you go with Destroy All Monsters? Like, they had a phenomenal year. Uh, but I had to go with Destroy All Monsters. Uh, again, episode 768, episode 775, we talked this book up. Slightly, slightly better than Friend of the Devil. But anything Brubaker Phillips is going to f- win this category for me. But I had to go with my heart and went with Destroy All Monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... Uh... The last few years, I mean, this is Rubik and Phillips. This is their category. It's it's hard to say they don't own it. Um, it this is an interesting one because in tabulating the votes, um, there were a lot of votes just for reckless, like without anything else. And, you know, we, being unable to reach out to all the voters and say, hey, did you mean? Uh, it was hard to figure out what to do with that because obviously – Destroy All Monsters and Friend of the Devil are the, the second and third volumes of the Reckless um, series, with the first volume just being called Reckless. And so I think people either voted for the first volume, which unfortunately was not eligible because it came out in 2020, as did Pulp, by the way. Because last year we gave tons of love. Pulp and, and Reckless were one and two in this category last year. Um Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Or, uh, but it came out, Reckless, the first volume came out in December of 2020. Pulp came out earlier in the year of 2020. Huh. So I wasn't sure if people were voting for the first volume mistakenly, or they were just voting like for uh, the three Reckless books in total. So what I did, because like they had to be counted. It was one of those things where like a lot of times when people make a mistake and pick a book like we were saying that was a prior year, it's easy to just remove it. But in this case, it was such a huge portion of the voting um, that I had to decide what to do with it. So I, I gave Destroy All Monsters and Friend of the Devil each a half a vote for any vote that was for Reckless. Because uh, I assume that people meant like the just just the work as, as a collective. Um, so if there's a slight chance that may have kind of like skewed things against the good Asian, which wasn't my intent, but... Uh, it is what it is. But considering the Destroy All Monsters got 25%, even if I X'd out those reckless votes, still I think pretty pretty easily would have won, uh, had the top spot. Uh, my choice, Vince went with uh, with with uh, with Destroy All Monsters. I went with Friend of the Devil, but it's very much like, I mean, I like I can't say I have like definitively strong views that one was better than the other. I I love them both, so You're I, wrong. I happen to yeah I just mm-hmm. happen <laughs> I happen to go with friend of the devil, but uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know along right. with 18 percent of the 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 listeners, but but I'm not gonna say that you you and the 25 percent that went with Surreal monsters is 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 off base. Right, my brother, according to Amazon, Pulp came out. January twenty sixth of twenty twenty one. Yeah, because I remember. Yeah, I, I, it was, it was a January book. I know that the public, I, for some reason, I guess maybe it was delayed, but I knew it. I knew it came out in January of last year. It was on all my lists for last year. Maybe it was. No, really I, I don't know where you're getting August? that from. Pulp was published in August of twenty twenty, so I don't know where you're getting that from. So. Amazon. Yeah, okay. Amazon says it, but I well that that could be a reprint, but the original uh, version was oh uh, okay it was good. Original, the original hardcover was August fourth, twenty twenty. Okay, one day away from my birthday. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> well, 
I am one of those people that put Reckless on my ballot, and I meant it to cover the series, not one volume or the other. Because, you know, Criminal to me is, you know, it's a, they break their story arcs and single issues and then collect them, and Reckless is just the collection of of the story arc. But if you're going to put a gun to my head, I went for Reckless Destroy All Monsters. But really to me, it is one collective Reckless series that just happens to be printed as OGNs. Hmm. I think you made the right choice. (laughs) We're trying to pick... This is not about... Brubaker and Phillips win, that's all we say. Yes, they do. Everyone spoke to you, but there really was only one choice here. <laughs> I love that, but he's right. It was. It was. It was I, I mean, I've loved every single Reckless book, but yeah, Destroy All Monsters is the best to date. And and that's not to say you know the next one won't be better than Destroy All Monsters, but it is. Oh, I mean, I'm scared. I, I I'm scared with the next one. I know. So am I. Yeah. Those preview pages freaking me out, but yep. I, I I have faith. You but know what's Destroy- coming though. It's it's been alluded to. Hush. <laughs> we're, we're, we're being happy right now yeah he, it's just a feint he's trying to get us to buy it by yeah not no, yet it, it, it's I, not it, like it's, this i've i've been I, listen I, I i think reckless is is it's a breath of fresh air i think it's kind of renewed uh ed and sean's love of the medium i mean it's 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 a different format than criminal and and you're having fun with it and you're telling some fantastic stories but and and i've been having fun learning about Ethan's life and, and, and of course Anna is, is a joy, but, um, the first book, absolutely fantastic. Loved it in 2020. Uh, the sequel was really solid. I'd loved it. Glad we got it. And, and then they gave us the Royal monsters and I was just like, motherfucker, this is, this is, this is close to perfection between two hardcore. It's, it, it's a beautiful book. It's a, um, it's absolutely, um, Without a doubt, my my favorite uh, crime book of of the year, and uh, nothing else. Everything had to come close to being next, to trying to beat it, and and, yep. and none of them did. It was uh, hands down the. Um, uh, it, it's one of the few times tonight I'll say it was the best thing as far as that category goes. But it was it was the best as far as I'm concerned. Yes, it was a favorite, but it it, it was one of the best things I read last year. Yep. Everything else is number two or lower. Yep. <laughs> Even in the series. Yes. yes. You're all some petty bitches. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite. Petty bitches. Original graphic novel. This is this is one. There was absolutely there was there's one answer. One answer. Period. I I am absolutely fat. <laughs> Yeah. that we have three runners like like why why right why they're even what are these people smoking one. yeah right it's just, this is how many it's, it's just one unique nomination and that's it there's right. no second or third place but unfortunately there already were 33 unique nominations um and i'm not upset that in third place is reckless friend of the devil with nine percent uh even cooler is the rightful one to be rated higher is Destroy All Monsters with 17%. But 35%, uh, 
um, know what's up. It's really, there is, I, I, Vince will tell you what episode, but uh, 35% of the listeners went with Barry Windsor Smith's Monsters, and uh, that is... That is it. That's that's the answer. That's just nothing else. I mean, I, I that's that's my answer. That's the right answer. Uh, it is my favorite OGN of 2021. Hell, it, it's I, I I'm dying to find out what the hell's going to come close to 2022, and and that, that make me think that oh, so glad something else could come close to it. But it's it was it it monsters. My absolute favorite. OGN of the year and uh and 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 it's still something I think about almost every day. I, yeah. I it's a fantastic book and it's yeah. it's my favorite. And thirty five percent of the listeners are smart. Yep. I almost went with Tales to Enlighten for this. Okay. But then I smacked the dick out of my mouth and I said <laughs> I said, What are you doing? The obvious choice is Barry Windsor Smith's Monsters. And uh, we talked about it extensively because it was our book of the month in episode 740. Rightfully says we book of the year. I genuflect at the altar of Monsters. So good. Nice. Yeah. I mean, listen, it. Uh, you guys loved it. Uh if you listen to the episode, you'll hear that I said it was the fourth best thing I read that week, so it couldn't have been my pick. So as, as he is so willing oh to remind us. Jesus. But it was the best week of comics you've ever had. It was. Right. It was. <laughs> yeah. If, exactly. So it still was excellent. I love I, you I'm, so I'm, much. I, I know oh my God. To, I'm not going to hit debate. I mean, clearly the, uh, the, the brown liquor's kicking in for Dap. He's getting a little saucy there. But, uh, you know, Monsters is excellent, and certainly it deserves the accolades it's gotten. Um, but I, as Vince just alluded, I had to go with Tales of Enlightened because when I look back on this year in terms of the joy I got from reading those two, it's incomparable. Yeah. I, Tales of Enlightened, like, I smile thinking about it. It, just, it thrilled me from beginning to end. It was totally unexpected, just magical, just unbridled creativity and just unexpected love for the medium that I just didn't even, like we said, we didn't know who these guys were until we read that. Yep. Um, so, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not going to throw shade on monsters, but, but for me, um, monsters is very, very good, but it, it was not the best. Gra- and I read a lot of original graphic novels. It was not the best for me of the year. Uh, my favorite was tales to enlighten. Jason Pignigulus. How do you eclipse Pignigulus? It's hard. It's hard. It is. Sure. It is. Well, um, it topped every uh, critics award list this year, and it also seems to have almost topped here with monsters again. Um, as Vince said, episode seven forty. Go listen. Book of the month. You can hear all about it. Yep. But uh, yeah, it was my pick too. So um, nothing much more to say. That hasn't been said already. I'm not even mad at him for for squashing the sweep because I love him. No, it's like, fine. It is. It's fine. Yeah, well, it's interesting like because Tales to it, Enlighten got, too. it got 35% of the vote, which is the highest anything got this year in any category. But as you guys know, like we often have categories that get like much higher than that. You know, where it's just like a runaway, like the year when Saga, like you know, there's years like Saga or like or like last year with the Brubaker stuff. I mean, like we will sometimes get 
in the high 40s percent for the winner for a couple categories. So it's interesting this year just how how broad it was. Um, the 35 percent was the highest vote, the highest percentage of any anything for the, for this year. Yeah. Well, next up we have favorite limited series, Woo-hoo. and you know a lot of books are moving to limited series now. You don't get you know hundreds of issue runs even on ongoing. It's you know, kind of limited sometimes, but 44 unique nominations. Um, first up was the many deaths of Layla Starr at 8%. Next up was Stray Dogs at 13%. Give a shout out to Tony there. And then Strange Adventures at 17%. Well, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I knew this would be mine. Um, Favorite limited series as soon as it was announced. Uh, If you know me, you know I'm picking Inferno. And, you know, I tried to not go into it with that mindset, but Hickman delivered. Um, You know, Hickman wrote it. Valerio, uh, Jason, you're going to have to help me out here. I can't pronounce the... Uh, Skeety. Okay, yeah. Drew it. It's, you know, it's Hickman's swan song, unfortunately. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a very bittersweet book to read because... You know he wanted to do so much more. You you can just tell. Um, Man, Hickman dances between the raindrops of decades of X-Men comics to pull together just a phenomenal four-issue limited series that, you know, it's... I don't think anybody else could could do what what he's done. So it was a great send-off, but again, I wish there was so much more of it because you just know he's got so much more to tell. Oh, man. Um, this was this was a situation where uh, I had a couple to choose from. There was one that was very, very close, but when I think about um, what, uh, as I read each issue and, and finished it, and when I thought about the, the entire short series as a whole, um, it just, it hit me differently than uh, than what I thought would have been at the beginning of the year I thought would have easily been my pick uh, but um, my favorite limited series that uh, that started and finished I think it started it may have started in December but I think it started in January uh, but my favorite of the year was uh, was Guillaume uh, March's uh, Carmen which I, looks great story was unsettling in parts but uh but touching in other parts it, it just it's i was along for the ride and and i'm glad i didn't look away it was uh it was a hell of a short story and um i'm i i, I know it won for uh for import rightfully so and uh or understandably so and uh yeah but it was it was there were a couple of contenders but uh, but Carmen easily beat them all for me. I will reiterate the episodes during which we talked about this book. 721, 727, 734, 750. My favorite limited series is Rain Like Hammers by Brandon Graham. Yeah, we did talk about that book a lot. We did. Yep. I mean, rightfully, and yeah, you should have. Yep. There's there was a lot on which to chew with this book. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, I'm going to make John O'Neill, who, who a, a former fourth chair sitter uh, for this episode, uh, very happy, I think, because I think he's been waiting like a child on the edge of his seat for this book to be mentioned. And uh, I even busted on him a little bit uh, today and said, well, you're going to be waiting a long time because I can believe that it wasn't going to get mentioned. But I will say this was um, I, I was very much leaning towards Inferno joining Brian um, and then I finished this series uh, just in time to have it overtake it. Um, and that is The Many Deaths of Layla Starr by Ram V and Felipe Andrade. Uh, it's just a beautiful book. Um, it really is a beautiful book. Uh, you know, and I, uh, frankly, I, I can't, we haven't done a deep dive on the book uh, since the early issues came out uh, on the show. But I have to say that uh, having read this um towards the very end of the year it's 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 amazing and and you know john o'neill we keep mentioning him, he he really did like push for this book to as one of his favorite books not just of this year of all time it really spoke to him and uh and you know i do think it's one of those things where uh you need you need to read the whole thing right like like it's it, because it's a journey and and by the end you're like you know, you've reclaimed, I think it's, 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 it's got really great messaging and, and about, about life and the journey of life and what it means to be alive and making the most of it. And, uh, and, and Andrade is, I think a perfect creative artistic partner for, for Rom's messaging there. So, yep. It does just at the end of the race edge out Inferno for me. And so the many deaths of Little star. And when you say beautiful book, it's beautiful story and art. It's, it's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, it is. It's a shame, like that. There's not like hardcover of it. Yeah, Boom yeah, do doesn't do great on yeah. uh, some of their reprints. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so favorite new comic. We're on the home stretch here. Favorite new comic. So comic that started in 2021. Uh, 58 unique nominations, and I will be honest, a few of those 58 were probably were like not eligible. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, like, as you know, people get a little confused about. It. Yeah, but uh, but the the top three were all eligible, uh, with six percent in third place. Echo Lands in eight uh, in second place with eight percent. Ultra Mega, and the audience's favorite new comic of the year with eleven percent of the vote is the Nice House on the Lake, um, which uh, certainly I. You know, I, I can't really take issue with any of those choices. But uh, I went with something different. I went with uh, a book that I have implored you all on many episodes this past year to read along with me. And I get the sense not many of you listened. Uh, and that is uh, Eternals, written by Kieran Gillen with art by Asad Ribic. Uh, it's, you know, really nothing to do with the movie, although I'm sure that its release had to do something to do with the movie. But but the, the comic has gotten really nothing to do with the film in terms of the way the characters are portrayed or how they are. It, it's just a, a, an amazingly majestic book. Um, like I said, with it plays with some really big themes and, and Ribic is a terrific, terrific artist. Um, I mean, he's a little slow, I think, by reputation, but given the, the type of, of, of painting he does, but for, but he's been, he's been, you know, hitting his marks here with this book. And I, I think it's, it certainly was one of the pleasant surprises of the superhero big two for me this year. Um, and I had to give it some love. It's a great book. 
<laughs> well, uh, my pick was with the, the listeners with Nice House on the Lake. It is like Department of Truth, another book I save for coffee on Saturday morning. So I can just dive in and pay close attention to it. I've even screen capped the, the page that has what all the symbols for every uh, character in the book means because those little glyphs turn up all over and, you know, you have to know what they are to, to catch stuff in the background. Um, it's an intricate book, and they pulled the rug out from under you again at the at the halfway point. Um, I think we're on hiatus for a couple months before they finish it out, but completely looking forward to the, the rest of the series. Love it. Um, my, my pick um, not only started... Um, it also finished in uh, in 2021. Um, my favorite new comic, and this is. I also went with this because I know what Vince is going to talk about, and and I'm happy that uh, it's going to get some love. So I was I, I was comfortable with um, with seriously going with my um, my favorite new comic, which was uh, which was vinyl, which was just insane. Ed crazy and I'm so glad we got to talk to um, uh, the writer on Wagner and, and, and at Seattle um, it was just as, as much as I enjoyed plastic vinyl I, I just it I enjoyed it that much more and uh, yeah it, it's it was it was it was a good year for new books but vinyl just um, screamed out at me a little bit more than some of the others this was probably the hardest category for me because <laughs> I think there was a a lot of new comics in 2021 that really commanded my attention uh, not the least of which was Dead Box by Mark Russell and Ben Tizma. love that book Frontiersman great book yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I really had to go, um, not only because I love it, but because Jason didn't. So, uh, my, <laughs> my favorite, <laughs> my favorite new comic is Chicken Devil by yeah. Brian Bucciolato and Hayden Sherman for Aftershock. It is just, uh, while the, the, uh, the narrative may be fairly Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul-ish. Um, the art by Hayden Sherman is just oh, chef's kiss. I, I love this book so much. Yep. Chicken Devil. So good. Yep. Well, <laughs> wouldn't you know it? It looks like, appropriately enough, I'm on deck for best superhero comic or favorite superhero comic. That's so you. Yeah, right. It, 53% of the, uh, no, 53 different unique titles were voted upon. Uh, in 5%, uh, third place was X-Men. That's odd, right? In the middle with 7% was Daredevil. And I've been hearing a lot of good things about this book. Uh, 12% of the listeners went with Dick. Yeah, baby. And uh, Nightwing, which is is unbelievable to me that um, 
a second tier character like that, and I'm just saying, could could win best superhero comic. Uh, it's a testament to the creative team, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. My uh, favorite superhero comic. Uh, normally, I usually I go with uh, Savage Dragon for this. But uh, Mr. Larson has been distracted the past mm. year with with that ant character, and and I think the book is is slightly um, treading water. So I went with the guy I think that does uh, superhero books the most uniquely and and the best. And my favorite superhero book is of course Michelle Fifay's Copra. That is an awesome pick. You like Suicide Squad? You like Fourth World? You like a love of of bronze and silver age superhero comics? You'll love Copra. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. Always a good pick. Always worthy. Uh, and fitting, given your waning interest in superhero comics in general. Yes. Yes. Um, I went with the audience, man, and it shocks me. I, I, I <laughs> If you had asked me a year ago, I would have been like, you're out of your mind, because... Uh, uh, not being a DC guy growing up, um, you know, I've not read many uh, Dick Grayson standalone comics. Uh, but uh, when Tom Taylor took over, I'm a big fan of Tom's work at Marvel. Uh, I went along for the ride and have just been thrilled with 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 every issue, uh, including, by the way, the issue that came out uh, not eligible for this, but came out this this week and uh, featured the Teen Titans which was a blast. But um, yeah, I think he and Bruno Redondo were just on something, man. It's like you know, it's it, it it reminds me of when we got the the Fraction Hawkeye stuff, or when we got the 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 Fraction Aja Iron Fist stuff. You know, every now and then, uh, one of these secondary characters gets um, a creator who just has an idea about them that and isn't beholden to this like massive anchor of of continuity and just kind of cast them in a new light and it's really fresh and and delightful for a while at least and so far so good so um i yeah for me this was super easy there was no superhero comic that i enjoyed issue to issue consistently both art and story as much as i did nightwing in 2021 i've got to check that out everybody's raving about it so rightfully so all right. My favorite superhero comic was actually Jason's favorite new comic. So I, uh, I went for Eternals by Kieran Gillen and Isad Ribic. And Kieran's work on this book is actually making me very, very hopeful for his run on Immortal X-Men that he's uh, about to come on. I mean, it's his triumphant return to X-Men, but yeah, the Eternals book, you know, they're always... I mean, just being nice, they're usually D-list characters, but he is, uh, he's, uh, taken a page from some of Hickman's work and done some twists on, on things Kirby did. And it's just, it's, it's a good book. It's, you know, it's, then the art is, is gorgeous as always. So. It is a good looking book. Uh, I am way behind on it. I need to get back to it. Um, this should 
come as absolutely no surprise to anybody who's who's listened to me at all this year. This could have been my favorite new, um, but yeah, it's it's. I, you can listen to any number of episodes from the past few months. Uh, Superman, Son of Kal El is my favorite superhero book of uh, of twenty twenty one. And with that, the uh, genre nominations are done. It's a wrap. We got all the biggies left now. The, the biggies. It's like at the end of the Oscars when you just you know when when you sat through the key grip and the and, <laughs> and just and you're ready to. Yeah. And we're kicking it off with uh, your favorite ongoing series. Forty nine unique nominations. Seven uh, percent went to Deadly Class, um, which is it nearing its end? Yep. Yeah. Is this yeah. year its last year? Yes. This twenty twenty two will be the end of it. Yes. Uh, so yeah, it's it's um, I am it, it's another one where I just I'm I'm letting letting the issues pile up, but I I, I need to get back to it as well. Um, in second place with eight percent of the votes, Department of Truth, which makes sense, uh, and nine percent, it's um, Tinyorama, uh, something is killing the children. With 9%, like I said, uh, mine, um, my favorite ongoing series is, um, it's not the only time you're going to hear this tonight. It's, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's one of the books I get from the shop. Um, I am, uh, I am happy to see it when I, uh, when I pick up my books and, um, and yeah, it's, uh, Sophie Campbell's doing great work with the characters. Um, and, uh, I am, so happy I, I, I have to thank Vince for uh, he didn't do a lot of prodding or nudging but uh, but once the um, the City at War storyline kicked off with uh, with Dave Wachter's art um, it was very easy to get sucked into and, and once it wrapped up um, there was no way in hell I, I, I could turn away or, or stop reading it at that point with with the new status quo and with, with, with Sophie's writing and her art is fantastic. Um, yeah. TMNT. It's absolutely my favorite ongoing series of, uh, of 2021. I have to echo my brother Dap because, uh, I don't want to sound like a pig, but I would pleasure Sophie Campbell in many, many different ways <laughs> for, for this I book. To, but... No, I, I'm going to, I gotta be me. Yeah. <laughs> the the supporting cast, just the the heart that's invested or infused in this book. Uh, it's more than just Michelangelo, Donatello, Leonardo, and Raphael. It, it is it is a, a universe of supporting characters that are all as as wonderfully fleshed out as our four favorites. I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by Sophie Campbell and Company. It is one of the first things I read every month, and it is one of the books to which I look forward every month. So that's saying a lot, man. Yeah, and, and what you just said uh, kind of encapsulates my choice. I mean, it's a book that I um, don't wait for the collected editions. I read it in issues, buy it in issues, have every issue. I... Um, you guys know I own a shit ton of art from this book. <laughs> um, I love that little <laughs> at the end. 
<laughs> it's gonna it's gonna make me super sad when it ends, just like uh, East of West did when it ended. But uh, it's it is deadly class. It will be in the running. It's been in the running every year that it's existed. It's won a few years, not won a few years, but uh, this is most likely the last year because I probably won't give it to it in 2022, even if it sticks the landing, because we'll only get, I think, three issues this year before it ends. But uh, very deserving, I think, this year, uh, a, a true renaissance year for the title. Um, so deadly class for probably the last time. <laughs> I read that in deluxes, so I'm waiting for the last two. I know. Um, I would like to to lobby for next year a uh, category for a book that stuck the landing the best. Because oh, that's good. Like favorite concluded comic or ended. Yes, that's a great idea. Yeah, because we have first. Yeah, we have favorite new book that started. Let's it. have it's a favorite. Great. Yeah. Because yeah. so many books, you know, especially Image and Creator Owns, are telling yeah. a set story and they're done and. You know, I actually have a hard time with ongoing nowadays because even Marvel and DC, they an ongoing's not. <laughs> they mm-hmm. stop it. Yeah, at that's a really good issue, idea. Issue fifty, and then we reboot with new people. So, mm-hmm. anyway, throwing that out there. Yeah, you won. Uh, you won. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, my favorite ongoing series is by somebody whose name has been mentioned multiple times by me already, but uh, something is killing the children. Um, a book that was supposed to be a limited series that has now launched a franchise of, of spinoffs. And, you know, I, I really think it's kicked uh, Tinian's career into overdrive. And uh, I think Werther Del Adera is, is the artist on it. And it's, again, one of those just awesome, crazy horror books. Uh over the top, and most of this year we got the backstory on Erica Slaughter, and it was it was nuts. And the world's getting deeper. Uh, can't wait to see where he he takes this book from here. Here, here. All right, now we are getting into the biggies. So we are now at favorite artist mm-hmm. with fifty three different uh, nominations. That should be like a hundred. Like I think <laughs> easily, yeah. You're right. I totally agree. Yep. Right. So with uh, 7% of the vote, we have Bilquist Everly, and then 8% Sean Phillips, and 9% James Heron. And, you know, just by happenstance, small but mighty, James Heron got it for me. Uh, I think uh, four issues and a couple cover- covers this year, but he blew them away. You know, Ultra Mega was just an awesome book and I I don't know when the next issues are coming, but I am, I'm ready for them. I I know it'll be a while, but (laughs) yeah, Yeah, you had that skybound 10 short to kind of tide you over. Yep. And I, I think they said this next year, but yeah, uh, again, I'm not holding my breath on it, but yeah, I'd say 2023 is a more likely outcome. Yeah. But what we got was, was awesome. So looking forward to more. Uh, my favorite was, uh, somebody who I've been enjoying, who I was enjoying on, um, on Young Justice and, uh, to see him and Taylor, uh, continuing John Kent's story and the stories that they're telling, um, I think really work well 
in the artist's uh, favor, but uh, my favorite artist for last year. And again, like I said, this, this could have been swapped with uh, my favorite pencil rinker. Um, but John Timms was uh, was my favorite artist. There have been, as I looked over everything that I've read, there were some things that um, had some breaks here and there and other artists came in. Uh, but um, but Tim's has been consistent. I, I smile whenever um, I read anything the, the man does. So yeah, that was my favorite artist last year. Love the Tim. Shout out to uh, Essential Sequential who reps him. And shout out to Felix who reps Heron. Boom. My list for this one is as long as my arm. <laughs> and Same, dude. Yeah. Dude, I could, like, it's, if you asked me this 30 different days, I'd give you 30 different choices. I got Matthew Allison, Gary Panter, uh, Moritat, Boichi, Hayden Sherman, Sean Phillips. Like, There's a ton. I can go on and on and on and on. But uh, the guy that commanded the top slot, I've said his name multiple times this episode, uh, Michelle Fife is my favorite artist. Yeah, always great. You know, I mean, I love all of your picks. I, I mean, I'm with you, Vince. Like, this is easy. This is the hardest for me, for sure. Because it's tough. Yeah, because like we say, with difference between art, artist and writer, is that artists basically can do one book, right? Maybe they can do two if they're doing two like miniseries or something. But like, they can do one book a month tops, and most artists do less than a book a month. And Whereas a writer can do five, six titles in a month, and right. you just so it is super tough. And like I just him and haul with this one every year until the very end, and then just finally like you know, all right, I'm gonna go with one. And, and for me, it was Jeff Shaw, and this is the one where I just decided to let my my wallet put my money where my mouth is, and you know, I I do very much try to procure art from artists that I love. Uh, and, and I am proud to say I have art from all of your choices as of this year, but but for me the work that Jeff did uh, on crossover I just uh, love that book a ton, um, and and I just I, I just love his ability to render these characters and their original styles, but make them fit into his own narrative style. In a way, it reminded me of like Roger Rabbit, you know, and in, in sort of in comics, and I just I thought it was great, and it just like lit my heart on fire. So I'm giving Jeff Shaw the edge in a very, very crowded race. Yeah. Uh, there's no wrong answer for this category. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen, we love comics cause they're it's, the visuals, right? It's, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. But with that said, uh, comics are a merger of the magic of a writer and an artist. Uh, sometimes one person does both, but, uh, up next is favorite writer, and it's interesting. Uh, only thirty-one writers got nominated for this, which is the least diverse category outside of publisher, which would make sense because there's only so many publishers. But um, in uh, uh, in third place with nine percent of the vote, someone who I'm pretty sure I don't have uh, the past results open right now, but I'm pretty sure has been in the top three every year that we've done this. Mr. Jeff Lemire, which just speaks to his longevity of excellence. Uh, in second place with 16% of the vote, uh, James Tynan IV. And in 20%, I believe, for the second consecutive year, the listener's choice uh, is Mr. Ed Brubaker. And I will say that uh, these three were my shortlist. These were the three that I was deciding between. Uh, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I, I, I think all three absolutely are deserving. And um, not to besmirch anyone who didn't vote for one of these three gentlemen, but I think objectively speaking, it's pretty hard to say these three guys weren't at the tops of the of the biz this year. Um, I went with, with Tynan. Uh, this just felt like his year to me. Um, you know, um, he's been around a long time. I mean, certainly the, God, what was it, Mimetic, right? We yep. talked about what back in 2014, probably. So he's been on the scene for a while, but like Brian said, I think last 2020 and then 2021, he's really ascended to a new level. Um, and, I, and look, I think Batman, his work on Batman probably had a lot to do with that in terms of his commercial appeal. But something is killing the children. Department of Truth. He launched House of Slaughter this year. He launched Razor Blades, which is an ongoing horror uh, work that he's doing. Um I just think in everything that he did was of extremely high quality, um, regardless of the genre. And to me, that's always, I'm always going to pick a writer who shows me that they can be great in multiple genres. So, yeah, um, like I said, all three of these guys, I think, are more than deserving. But I gave Tynan the slight edge. And so did I. Not even slight. It it wasn't slight. Let's just be honest. It was just flat out. I knew. Um, You know, Jason, you didn't even mention some of his other books. You know, when Batman and Joker are not the top ones that come to mind. Yeah, I didn't read Joker. I can't speak to it. But but yeah. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I. That those aren't even the ones that are on my lips for for what he does well. But you know, DC versus vampires, you love that. It's oh, that's true. I, I do love that book. Yeah. Vince, there is a web thing he's doing on Substack that's right up your alley. Um, Blue Book: The Abduction of Betty and Barney Hill. It's a nonfiction retelling of their UFO abduction. Ooh, interesting. That. Cool. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Dude is doing some cool stuff with a stub stack. I mean, he's prolific in what he writes on it, but he's putting out a couple comics. He has a side uh, thing on there for Department of Truth called Wild Fictions, where he goes deep dives. An artist does like kind of a, a hot move image of one of the creatures, and he goes deep into the history. Damn, of I got to get on a sub stack now. Shit. <laughs> he goes deep into the history of them, like pages. It would be like a short novella sometimes. Sweet. Um, and then Wind. Yeah, I know it was one of y'all's mm. book of the month choices yeah. a couple months ago, but it's a LGBT fantasy book. You know, the, the characters are LGBT folks, which I don't get to see that much. It's mm-hmm. just wonderful to, to see. Yep. But um, Well, that, you're getting to that speaks to the year he's had, because I, I I thought his Batman like was probably the least favorite thing I've read of his, but certainly yeah. probably the one that, that was the most like commercially successful. I didn't read Joker and I didn't really I mean I I I've read the first few issues of Wind but haven't finished the first arc, so yeah. But to your point, like and he still made my top mm-hmm. spot because it's been a hell of a year for the dude. I think I counted up sixty eight books he God, uh, he wow. did this year. <laughs> Oof. Uh, so yeah, uh, prolific and quality on top mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my hands down pick. Nice, it's been busy. Um, yeah, I there was really this wasn't a um, this wasn't a very long list for me when I think about uh, the writers that I just enjoyed. Um, the one that really just kept coming up was uh, Ed Brubaker. And that's, I, 
based on everything else we already said tonight, uh, there isn't a whole, whole lot I can add to that. But um, yeah, he was uh, he was my favorite writer last year. Yeah, I really hate to jump into the stream of popular opinion, but I have to with this. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's just a uh, what it, it is. what is the truth, and the truth is that Ed Brubaker was my favorite writer. Well, look at this. Favorite writer-artist. The people that do it all. 40 different organisms were selected for this category. Uh, number three was James Heron with 7% of the vote. DWJ, Daniel Warren Johnson, my man, with 19% in second place. And number one, slightly with 21% of the vote was Jeff Lemire. I had a very, very short list of favorite writer-artists. Uh, and the the one that just, I feel, eclipsed everybody else for last year was uh, Simon Hanselman. I don't need to explain it. Y'all know why. Um, but yeah, I just love what this individual does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. That's that's. I'd be. I would have been surprised if it wasn't your pick. Uh, and just similarly, you're probably not surprised by my pick. <laughs> um, yeah, I went with Lemire, uh, who was uh, on the show talking about his work uh, once again. He, he came on last year and chatted it up with us. I. Really, the only difference for me between Lemire and Tynan this year is that we also got a lot of Jeff-drawn comics this year, which some years it kind of vacillates back and forth. But we got we got uh, a bunch of, of the new Sweet Tooth issues, uh, which coincided with the Netflix launch. And then we got, of course, May's book, um, which Dap talked about, I, I want to say, last episode, right? Or yeah. Two episodes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm not going to believe Jeff has made my ballot in some way, shape, or form pretty much every year that we've done this. I, I kind of associate his career with the show in a lot of ways, just in the sense, and I'm not saying we have anything to do with that, his career, I'm saying, but like, just in terms of like, he's kind of been at his 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 pinnacle, like during the years that we've been doing the show, and I, I just obviously love pretty much everything he does, regardless of genre, and uh, yeah, so I gave it to him. Such a good choice that I made the same one. See Again. that? <laughs> but everything uh, Jason said, but I also got to add in just my love for the Black Hammer books. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he doesn't draw them, but man, the storytelling is, is amazing. Um, and I'm going to be sad when they wrap up. I know he's he's starting to wind it down and then going to gonna move over to Image, but part of me is hoping that Maybe some of those will move over to Image with him in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, you talk about prolific, right? I mean, he obviously wrapped up a center yeah. this year, and then we got the first few issues of Robin and, and Batman, and we've got Primordial, and I mean, he just... He, Swamp he, Thing. Yep, the guy, the guy just never... Can't stop, won't stop. Yep. <laughs> I, had, uh, I had two creators um, that were in the running here, um, one of which... I'm sure I'll be able to pick again soon. Uh, so I went with the guy who um, 
I don't know when I'll be able to say this again. And uh, my favorite writer and artist is the guy who gave us my uh, favorite OGN of the year, and that's uh, Barry Winsor Smith. Yeah, maybe if we're doing the show in 20 years, you can pick him again. Maybe. That's some that's some harsh shit. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not be that alluded to it. Like one of the reasons he picked him is because we don't get Barry. He doesn't know. Like we don't get Barry Windsor Smith art for, uh, very often anymore. So I'm not shade. Uh, I'm saying like dude just takes his time. <laughs> it's not shade. It's not shade. Uh, Favorite publisher. Woot. <laughs> Seventeen unique nominations. Um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's low-key a lot. Yeah, It, it is low-key a lot, but it, it just strikes me as that not a lot of people order from the back of the catalog. But still, that is a, that, that, that's still a lot more than, you know, the big three-plus. Yeah, I would say books. a lot of years, like, in years yeah. past, you'd get Image, Marvel, DC would be the top three, and it would be, that's like, it. 90% yeah. of the votes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but 13% in third place, Fantagraphics. Respect. Uh, 25% in second place is DC. And in first place, with 31%, is Image Comics. Um, this is the one that I I was absolutely... And, and it's still right now, it still says, currently it's also up on the sheet. It, it's, this was... Um, I had two. They're, they're, this, every year, I... I you know, I don't... I don't tie. I don't. You know, it's it's just one. And and this is, I think, the first year where I'm absolutely struggling with with um, with deciding between the two. But looking over it, um, I, I'm I'm saying my favorite is um, is DC Comics because even even dismissing Future State at the beginning of the year, um, when I look at what they've done, what I've enjoyed from them this year I, yeah yeah you got the superman titles and all the minis and one you got justice league with, with with bendis wrapping up his stuff you have the milestone relaunch you got the other history of the dc universe uh there's just the collected editions like you know dc through the 80s and and who's who of course and the man of steel stuff the last god that brian mentioned um it's 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 just yeah i buy a lot of their stuff and i enjoy a lot of their stuff but um you know, it, it's 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 a comfortable pair of jeans for me. I the other publisher does some fantastic shit, and I look forward to it every week. But um, it's the 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 hit ratio is um, leans for me in DC's favor, so that uh, they're they're my favorite publisher of twenty twenty one. I gotta explain why I picked this, and when I read you the list. You'll understand uh, why I believe every other publisher is uh, gasping for breath in this publisher's rearview mirror. <laughs> Crash Pad, Crisis Zone, The Tardy Library, uh, mm. Breccia's Dracula, Red Room, Lure, um, The Popeye Sundays, Complete Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck, and all of the many duck and mouse collections, Crash Site. Um, Spectre's Red Rock Candy ba uh, Baby Candy, Eric Reynolds' Now Anthology, Monsters, my publisher of the year by a mile, more than a mile, is uh, Fanographics. I think they had a phenomenal year. 
You mentioned monsters, right? That's the last one I mentioned, yeah. That's okay. Yep. Yeah, I would say that uh, I was debating between Fanta and Image, Vince, because, like you said, I, I the list you read off is just wild, and I don't think there's much that Fantagraphics has put out the last few years that I haven't bought. So uh, I did end up going with Image just because like, I went through and I looked at all the stuff that I read in the last over the whole year and definitely in terms of like the number of things I read and generally like the quality I thought on average of the books image still had to be my pick. Like I, I I've tried to go with smaller publishers in the recent years when I can, but this year for me, like it was just, there were too many like hit or miss for the other guys. Like, like stuff I love stuff. I didn't love, you know, whereas with image, because I guess I'm curating it, but like there's still so many titles that I read where I just generally love each and every issue. So I just I, I went with Image, but it was it was definitely like not a slam dunk. Some years Image is just, just the obvious pick for me, but but this year it was it was tight, but I still went with them. You know, the listeners had 17 different ones, and we have four different ones between us. So yeah. um, I'm gonna kind of do like Vince here, and honestly, my publisher shocked me because it was not one that immediately came to mind until I sat down and looked at the books I loved this year and the other stuff they were putting out. But, you know, Boom Studios got it. We've got Something's Killing the Children, House of Slaughter, Wind, Once in Future, The Many Deaths of Layla Starr, Berserker, Seven Secrets. Vince, we got magic from them. Yep. Power Rangers, they're doing the Buffy and Angel stuff. Baslick, we only find them when they're dead. Like, these are pretty well books I really enjoy, and some of them are burning up the charts. So, and you know, sales and critics—they're they're putting out some quality and some quality licensed books on top of that. You yep. know, uh, it's it it surprised me when I sat down to look at it. So. Totally agree. No shame in that pick. Yep. Well, uh, we are getting to the penultimate category now, and uh, it lands with me. So we have Creator of the Year. So we had 35 different uh, choices here, and the top three are Tom Taylor at 9%, James Tinney in the fourth at 12, Jeff Lemire at 17. And if you can't guess who I'm going to pick, you haven't been paying attention, but it is <laughs> <laughs> James Tinney in the fourth, and I really don't think I need to go over all the stuff he's done again. So just just rewind if you need to hear it. But um, I, I do think the dude has had a phenomenal year, and uh, you know I'm interested to see what he's going to do next since he uh, took that Substack fat money and is uh, investing in himself, which I think is you know a wonderful thing that he's he's doing there. You know he's busting out somewhat from <laughs> from the big two and uh, going on his own, even though they did wheel him back in for for one more book. It looks like. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's uh, with, with with the money he got. Uh, good on him for investing in his own future and and doing his own thing. Yeah, he seems to be one of the few. I don't follow everybody. I, I he uh, I stuck with him and 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 there are a few other writers and and artists like Scotty that that um, that I still follow on Substack. But he he seems to be smart about the whole concept and and what substack was offering creators and yep what to run with it and it's 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 a good look um yeah it, if 
a year ago, if uh, you'd asked me, you know, who I thought would have been on the list of of favorite creator of the year, um, the one I'm about to say is not somebody I would have I would have thought I would have been able to put on, but um, but my creator of the year because of the one fucking thing we got from him is Barry Windsor Smith. Period. There's there's um nobody really came close for me this year. And it it's which, you know, it it's kind of just illustrates what the book means to me. I mean that I've I've enjoyed everything everything that I've listed tonight, I've enjoyed. So I've enjoyed things from creators, obviously, but um they they all had an uphill battle and and um Barry's the one that came out on top. Nice. Nice. Um, my runner-up was relatively close. Um, simply for the fact of inventing the pandemic comic. Uh, journaling the, uh, the horrible year we had in 2020 uh, through the, the very unique lens that is Simon Hanselman. But, yeah, um, my creator of the year, slam dunk, um, flip the bird, suck my dick, it's Barry Windsor Smith. I mean, I, I gotta be honest, I, I, I think he overshadowed everybody this year. I gotta agree with Dap. Not because he's Dap, but, but, be, but no, because no. he's right. It's rare, I'll yeah, take it. yeah. Yeah, monumental achievement from somebody we we thought we'd never hear from again, right. and, and to drop a, a a a tome on us that took what sixteen years to complete. Um, I don't see how he's getting a return on his dollar, but whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it, it 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 is it is a phenomenal achievement, as as uh, visceral as it is. Um, subtle and intricate and layered and just beautiful book yeah yeah respect respect uh well i went with lemire um you know again just talked about all the work he did but we got black hammer reborn we got three black hammer miniseries which were all awesome we got more sweet tooth we got uh you know primordial we got may's book and it's not just like he's putting out the stuff, but every one of them is unique, different genres, and excellent. So, got Robin and Batman. I mean, the guy just is a machine. And um, I think I read everything he put out this year, and I think there wasn't a whiff among them. So, for me, just in terms of when I look back on the year, the person who gave me the most enjoyment consistently at an excellent level was Jeff. So, he gets my pick. Not surprised. Nope. The final category. Oh, very up. interesting. Isn't it right? funny? Yeah. Yeah. He, he just, yeah, he gets to wrap it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's good to be the king. Right. Might I just point out that, <laughs> that uh, import was added and switched up the... Oh, okay. oh yeah. I gotta, geez, I got to add a category to get me at the right. last spot. I got to add the category, yeah, but okay. I can't get yeah. everybody else's favorite presentation order. 
comic book Listen, mouse. If I really had the ego to plan it like that, I would go last for the final category so I could have the final word. So, <laughs> which I gave to you, clown. Ah, who yeah. loves you, baby? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Sixty-two <laughs> unique nominations for comic of the year, which warms my heart. That's what yeah, I like to see. That's I like good. To see everybody getting love in different places. Four um, percent in third place. Which speaks to how broad it was, right? Only 4% in third place. Uh, Ultra Mega. Respect. Of the, year. Uh, the silver medal goes to Reckless Destroy All Monsters with 7% of the vote. And with a, uh, you know, a, a probably the lowest percentage we've ever had for the winner of this category. It just, again, speaks to the breadth of the year. With 11%, the comic of the year, per the audience, uh, is Monsters. Hmm. Um, for me, uh, I mentioned this book once before, and I went with crossover. Uh, there were probably six or seven books that I kept debating back and forth and ultimately settled on crossover because it's the book I think that 10 years from now I'll remember the most of the list. Uh, just absolutely adored it. Talked about it earlier in the show, so I won't belabor it, but my, my favorite comic this year was, uh, was crossover. You know, that is a good pick. It was actually number two in several of my categories. It was number two for adventure and a single issue. Number seven was was really, really tight there with the, the X-Men book. Seven was the Zdarsky issue, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's Donnie Cates' series, but Zdarsky did that issue, and he blew it away just on the commentary on himself. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, good choice. Um, not sure mine will surprise anybody because I've already talked about it, but something is killing the children. It's the, the world building, uh, Tinian's doing with that and not just the world building, but uh, the franchise he's building with it is, uh, is pretty, pretty excellent book. Eventually I'll get around to reading that. Um, cause Boom's got a couple things that I've just been dragging my feet on that's one of them um <laughs> that's fucked yeah. up it is right <laughs> that's fucked up it has how they're resizing it that's good yeah you don't it's like a cenobite sure it has the, no the, fucking the eyes no it is it's freaky af uh, yeah, and, uh it came up right when i was in the middle of god damn yeah the children yep. so i kind of lost my train of thought <laughs> a little bit i can understand that why is um, she grabbing his pants like that that's oh, weird because, you know hey she's into it um but she's not yeah, doing my, anything but whatever it's my uh it's all fake my comic of the year Whoa. um was as as we said it during the book of the month it was it was absolutely the book everything else had to beat for me um and some may have come close but nobody did uh, my comic of the year the big enchilada in parentheses is monsters published by Fantagraphics by barry windsor smith um it's yeah it i i've said plenty tonight we've said plenty during the book of the month and um yeah drop the mic that's what yep. it is yeah uh my first runner-up and it speaks to my choice of favorite publisher was uh simon hanselman's crisis zone but it didn't manage to crawl out from the long long shadow 
cast by my comic of the year. And uh, once again, Dap and I are copacetic because my big enchilada is uh, Barry Windsor Smith's Monsters. I mean. Yep. And that puts a cap. Look at that. The Neil Klaskers. Fiend. Yeah, I think we did it tight and right. Yeah, we did kept it great. tight. Yeah. Yep. Pretty Absolutely. good. Uh, usually we're pushing like four hours. We just yeah. barely jumped over three. So that okay. is awesome. And and you know what else is awesome? What is? What? Our sponsor. Oh, it's true. Which is Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. Get your books, get them fast, get them straight to your door for a fraction of what everybody else is paying. Jot these down because you're going to want to buy them. Otherwise, you'll be like, eh, 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 uh, Godzilla versus Power Rangers number one of five will cost you $1.99. Zombies versus Robots Classic is a paltry $1.99. That's half off the cover price. And from Seven Seas, and Daisuke Igarashi, it is Witches. The complete collection, Omnibus, Massive Tome, 30% off the $19.99 cover price. You can have it for $13.99. In your travels. Speaking of Chip Zdarsky. Mm. Yeah. I've read volume one of a series written by Chip Zadarsky, illustrated by the masterful Ramon Perez with color art by Mike Spicer. It's a little book called Stillwater. Any of you reading this? I am not, but I have heard good things. I just read this short from uh, the Skybound Anthology. Ah, well, that short compelled me to order this thing. Mm -hmm. So Kudos to Kirkman and Company for uh, planting the seed. This volume collects issues one to six. Of course, it's published by Image. The story uh, is centered around a little town named Stillwater. And it's a town where anyone within its borders doesn't die. They don't age and that creates a lot of problems because the uh, the person who has uh, grasped the control in the, the town is this uh, Judge Simon Taylor, who uh, is very protective of the, quote, gift that they've been given. And uh, no one within Stillwater can leave lest anyone get the the down low on the fact that these people aren't dying they're not aging and they would be uh to his uh estimation be treated like lab rats so you can't leave and uh it raises a lot of of problems because what happens um and and there are no births in Stillwater. nobody's being born um great contraceptive uh, measures, but unfortunately, no new people come into the town. So those that have been born at the time of the uh, the event, which we don't know why no one die, dies in this town. Um, so infants, like two-year-old children, will stay two years old, but their um, cognitive ability will mature. So 
that again it, it causes a lot of problems like what do you do do you rob this this little uh person of a childhood by by leaving him within the boundaries of this town and that's exactly what this Laura Quinn was struggling with because she had a young child named Tommy and she sent him uh, they concocted a plan to send him out of Stillwater and so beyond the boundaries of the town he grows he 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 matures as an organism uh but he's not named Tommy his his uh adopted parents named him Daniel Daniel West and Daniel has uh he could have been Sicilian because he has a, a fiery temper gets in a lot of fights he's he's left uh he's let go from his job for for pushing a coworker but he gets this mysterious letter like come to this this um lawyer's office within stillwater it's his mother had had uh conceived of this plan at a certain age he would get this letter and come back to the town and that's a no-no for the judge and everyone under his uh control because you don't come back to stillwater we don't allow outsiders but he does and he creates a whole bunch of problems um his mother's buried alive for i think two weeks because she she broke the rules um and by buried alive is she 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 obviously dies under the ground and then they dig her up and she just comes back to life the the food source of this town uh if you snap a, an ear of corn off a stalk the ear of corn will grow back if you butcher a cow the meat grows back so very violent very brutal um what happens you're just going to have to read the book i i thought it was um i i wanted not to like it because the judge is a faith-driven uh megalomaniac who who thinks he has a a, a mandate by god to to do what he does in this town to have it under a lockdown but there's a group of people who want to tell the outside world that you know the, the what's happening in stillwater and obviously he's not having it and he has a uh uh his deputy ted is a, a an ex-marine and he has a group of marines so that's his strong arm um it's just a great book and i i think it's nice to see ramon working not in the the superhero genre um it's it's a visually it's a very mundane looking book but that's not a a, a dig or a detriment to ramon he does mundane very well it's just a bunch of people talking uh to a certain point but i, I think the book is great and uh like david said I got to hand it up to Skybound 10 for getting me to read this thing. Nice. Stillwater. Great book. Love it. Yeah. Uh, in your travels, um, hit up cheap graphic novels and stock trades, mom and pop shops, wherever you can get your books for anything that we discussed tonight. Um, in your travels, read Mouse for next week. For our book of the month. Woo. Um, I kind of feel like this episode should be co-sponsored because the listeners, of course, and the patrons did participate 
in the Oscars. So um, shout out to everybody who did um, send in their uh, their nominees. But I will. Um, yes, so mote it be. I uh, I wasn't planning on anything because it is a Oscar night. But since you opened that door, I'm going to say uh, since we mentioned Tom Taylor tonight, um, I did read Dark Knights of Steel number three. And uh, I'm not going to go page by page, but um, in this issue, um, Azala Jor-El is really, really feeling some kind of way about um, the death of uh, of the king and makes short work of some DC favorites. Um, the metal men make an appearance. Um there's a uh there's there's man it's it's three issues in and taylor really is taking no prisoners um the art by uh yes and future is 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 fantastic um asif the uh the the color artist um uh Arif prianto is is somebody who's uh on my list for next year's Oklaskers, because I was looking at um, because they also colored um, parts of Wonder Woman Historia, but um, no, th- th- this is I mean, this is the kind of uh, Elseworlds story that um, that I was loving back in the day, and uh, Taylor seems to have a knack for those types of stories, whether it's, you know, things like uh, DC Store um, Injustice uh love the idea that um they can take established characters and not worry about continuity and just flip things around and um there's some insider revelations as far as the whole bruce and alfred uh dynamic the fourth issue apparently we're the next issue um we're going to get the secret history of batman and um if you've been paying attention, I think you might know part of that history from um, from when the series started. But yeah, in your travels, everything I already said, and uh, the Dark Knights of Steel. Nice. Um, before I do my inner travels, we do have one little bit of business we have to take care of, uh, and we're going to have Brian help us because part of the. Uh, audience balloting for this is a contest oh. where the winner gets an in-stock trades uh, DCBS gift certificate. So, Brian, I need you to pick a number between 1 and 260. Ooh, got a wide range there. Get the hell out. We had 260 submissions? Mayhap. <laughs> yeah. Are these in order of submission? No. <laughs> so I was going to be no, like, I have it randomly. I have a random list uh, here. Randomizer. Okay. He's like, what number is Frank? Nah. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm down for that one. <laughs> Let's do a uh, twenty-eight. Ooh. Oh, damn. Oh, is yeah. there a significance to that number, or are you just? I pulled it out of my ass. Nice. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, some of these names we know well, some are, are we don't, and that's fine. Um, so uh, I will say you just missed uh, oh. 
Caleb, just missed him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to tell him that. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get a message. Like, you no, you, you know what? Looking oh. as good as he looks now, fuck him. He doesn't that's need right. the prize. Yeah. Con- congratulations to Johnny, and that's J O N N Y Pickering, who is the winner. So uh, oh, I don't wow. believe Johnny is an active member of our socials, and he's not on the Slack. But certainly, he did take the time to fill out a, a, a full ballot, and uh, awesome. so. Watch your picked, email. Yeah, so uh, I've got. I'm not going to say his email on the air, but I do have his email, so I will hit him up via the email address. And uh, congratulations, you have won this year's uh, prize. Which, uh, yeah, so much love to you. Spend it in good in good health, and thanks for listening and participating. That's amazing. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, um, didn't and, randomize it. I was going to pick low to award somebody that got their vote in early. Nice. Yeah. 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 Um, and then in your travels, a book that. Um, like was a, a nice palate cleanser, you know, a book that I I had very I didn't have big expectations going in. I, I would have been fine if I read it and was done with it and like okay, no, not for me. But um, but I really enjoyed it, and that is uh, one of the litany of new number ones that Marvel put out this week. Uh, she Hulk number one, written by Rainbow Roll, with art by Roger Antonio, and uh, I. Am in the camp of having just no love for Jennifer Walters as the souped up mega huge dumb version that we got for the last couple years in the Avengers book. I just mm. didn't find it appealing. So I don't even know w- what's caused her to morph back into the way we think of her uh, more traditionally. But this book is her returning to that form. She is starting in a new law firm. She is her classic burn esque, uh, life green goddess self. And who has her faculties when she becomes she Hulk, she doesn't lose her faculties. Um, and I, it was a setup issue, you know, as a number ones often are, but I thought it was really great. I love the premise that they're setting up. She's kind of like, you know, single girl in the city. The wasp is set her up in a beautiful apartment. Um, she has a fun run in with Titania. Uh, like I said, she joins a new law firm where she kind of has to start from the bottom and work her way up. And, um, I'm all about, about it. So really pleasantly, I don't know, surprised, but, but pleased, very much pleased with the first issue. And I'm going to be aboard now, uh, at least for a while. So in your travels, check out. Wingfoot? No white wing foot yet. Oh. That's, that's, it's not going to happen, but, but no. Um, so yeah, really, really enjoyed the first issue. Good to hear because it is on my stack to read, and I think she reverted back at the end of Red She Hulk uh, storyline in Avengers a couple months ago. I am ago. way behind in the Avengers because it's been killing me. Yeah, yeah. Um, in your travels, I would say first of all, uh, become a patron and uh, join the Slack with me and about a hundred another fifty folks, and come uh-huh. talk comics and life uh-huh. and everything else um it's a it's a wonderful group of folks and uh you know you you could spend your money a lot worse ways let me just say that so support the guys and and come hang out with with a lot of cool folks make some friends um you're a beautiful man (laughs) that's true (laughs) well thank you um dap i thought you were about to steal my in your travels because never uh, we are almost uh, um, 
we're very much overlapping here because I picked another Tom Taylor book and I was going to reference Dark Knights of Steel, but I am actually referencing Dark Ages, the the book he's doing with Marvel right now. It is Oh a, yeah, yeah. Have you have you looked at that one yet? I haven't checked it out yet. It is a similar what if type uh, <laughs> type world, which, you know, I think Tom Taylor does great when he gets to go play in his own sandbox like that. It reminded me of, when it was announced, it reminded me of, what the hell was it, 1602? What was the Neil Gaiman? Yeah, and it's, when it was announced, I kind of rolled my eyes, I I will admit, and it got kind of, I think it got booted down the calendar a couple times, and it came out uh, issue one in September, and we're on issue four now, and basically uh, Doctor Strange and a couple of Fantastic Four uh, screwed some stuff up, and the world can't have electricity anymore, and everything's basically kicked back to the, the Dark Ages. The lights are out, and society's trying to, to rebuild itself. What they did, they can't really undo, so they can't get the power back, basically. And Apocalypse is basically taking over Europe, gathering power with um, a bunch of the supervillains. This is not the uh, Hickman Apocalypse. This is old school villain Apocalypse. And he's kidnapping folks all over the world to uh, build his power base up. And uh, Jason, you might like this. The uh, Purple Man is making an appearance and helping them out. (laughs) And Vince, the last issue... um, there is a guard around Europe, and uh, it's a giant. It's Fin Fang Foom being ridden by um, Giant Man controlling. Him. Wow! <laughs> like they're they're going a little over the top, uh, crazy, absurd because they can. Um, it's just just a fun book. Uh, again, I I didn't expect much of it, and just like Dark Dark Knights of Steel, it's it's a fun read. So and. He can do anything, so nobody's safe, which is always always fun. So that's my inner travels. Nice. Yes, awesome. All right, everybody. Hey, if you want more of this, there's plenty. Just go to Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, Twitter. And if you want to hear more of this and you're not a regular subscriber, just go to iTunes and Pod Chaser. Chaser. Yeah, and and. Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Pickle, all that. Yeah, all that stuff. We're available everywhere. Uh, It's a special episode, so uh, I'm going to be joined in my usual uh, end of the episode crescendo by my buddy Freddy. So say goodnight. Oh, come on, Freddy. Say something else. <laughs> Damn it. You jerk. Oof. Oh, he's just being a pain in the ass now. Watch out. Freddy's back. David. Oh, my Lord. Good night. One, two friends coming for uh, you. No. Good Lord. Freddie never leaves my side. Aw. <laughs> yeah, he's always here on my desk. <sighs> it says something about me that I have a child molester. Hey. <laughs> 
on my freaking desk, but whatever. I think you nailed it, Tap. Oh, thanks. Buddy. Yeah, yeah. It's a special night. It is. So thank you for spending this 11 o'clock with us. If you want to uh, join us, uh, business as usual, come back for the next episode. We'll be talking a whole bunch of different books. Uh, I'm talking about Moz, but yeah. Oh, next episode's the book of the month? When are you leaving? Uh, Wednesday. Yeah, so I mean, we could do... All right, listen, we can we can do the book of the month next week on Sunday or Monday, since you you don't want to do it Tuesday night. Um, or we do it when you come back, and we do it on the 3rd. Yeah, let's do it when we come back. And okay. we'll, we'll just so have a fun, a regular episode, yeah, fun, no holds barred episode next time. Love if that's okay with Jason, because yeah. yeah, we got sure. got to clear it with the chief. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, we're out of here. Thank you for spending this these uh, three hours with us, and uh, we love you so much. And we have to thank Brian for helping thank us you. with the heavy lifting. You, I, you're a natural, my man. Uh, well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's fun. And we, we loved having you. Yep. Doors always open. Yep. Thank you. Oh, shit. Now we got it. Yeah. <laughs> Say goodnight. We love you. Bye. 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 That's it for that one. <laughs> <laughs>